amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. This is your sound. This is the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network at All right. Welcome to Mostly Sports Monday afternoon here at UBN Radio at Sunset Gower Studios. I'm here with Jay Devlin. What's happening, Jay? Nada, my man. Good to be here. Great day. Ready to talk some football. We got plenty some of football. Gambling. We got some college football. I was at the SC Texas game. Unbelievable finish. People keep calling it a great game. It was not a great game. Unbelievable last couple minutes of regulation and overtime. A lot of Texas. A lot of Texas made the trip out. And uh, Vince Young was there. It was interesting. We'll talk that. We'll talk a lot of NFL. We're even going to talk a little bit of baseball today. We got two weeks left until the playoffs start. And uh, some interesting races. Cleveland. Had a historic run, 22 in a row. Oh, yeah. We're going to tie that in with gambling to an unrealistic number on Corey Kluber that you informed me of today. And uh, and that's it. We're going to talk a little bit of food, a little bit of TV and movies at the end. But um, We got we got our uh, Wahlberg versus Matt Damon battle coming up maybe the last 20 minutes if we have time. Yeah. Is that what we decided? Wahlberg, Wahlberg Damon? Wahlberg versus Damon, head-to-head, okay. IMDb. Who's got a better page? Okay. I like that's interesting. I, uh, Wahlberg's a, a huge underdog, but some very good, very good points for Wahlberg. I like that you have the white T-shirt on today. You look very, uh, you know, West Side Story. I uh, this is my neutral. I have I had an audition this morning, and then I think three this afternoon. What are so, you uh, What are you auditioning for? Uh, I don't know. Uh, are you going to be a <laughs> Soch in the Outsiders? I'll, I'll <laughs> take that. Outsiders too. Okay. Talk about a ridiculous cast. How have they remade that movie? Because they, just did, they uh, I don't know, they, they remake so much <laughs> crap, it's unbelievable. I got excited the other day because I saw, it was back to back, I saw Point Break, and I got excited, and yeah. it was the new shitty Point Break, and then I'm flipping around, I saw Karate Kid, I got excited, and it was the new shitty Karate Kid. Yeah, that one doesn't even exist to me. That happened to me yesterday with The Longest Yard. Yeah, that was on too. I thought it was the good Burt Reynolds one. The original. And it was the shitty Adam Sandler Adam one. Adam Sandler one. Yeah. Too Crazy. Much. I filmed uh, something at that same <laughs> Wayne, same prison. Wayne said you look like Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Thanks, Biff. <laughs> um, you still a vegan real quick? Yeah. So, okay, about this. I don't <laughs> like saying a vegan. I'm just taking a break. Okay. That's it. You're okay? vegan adjacent. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. All right. um, for those of you who don't know the adjacent thing, to anybody listening, out here in L.A., it's Beverly Hills adjacent. No, nobody actually lives in Beverly Hills. When you live anywhere in the vicinity of, like, 20 blocks of Beverly Hills, you say Beverly Hills adjacent. I like that. Yeah. Quick shout out to Joe Suarez on the message board. Goucher alum. Goucher hoops. D3 Goucher. hoops. We played Goucher every year. We played him twice every year. Did you guys ever beat Goucher? They had, the, they had my favorite field to play at. I believe it was Goucher. Maybe it was St. Mary's. And uh, we beat Goucher in triple OT in the Wild Goose Classic. Okay. 
the great Jeff Rupert had like 44 who listens to the show every week against a guy named Dave Clark, who was about 110 pounds soaking wet, and they ran the flex offense, and this guy scored about 50 without a three-pointer, and 80 of his 80 pounds of his weight were his mullet. <laughs> this dude did not look like a basketball player at all. Have you ever had that, like, where you walk on, like, a lacrosse field where you're like, dude, this guy can't play at all? Mm-hmm. And he crushes. Yeah. That was Dave Clark. Yeah, we had some little guys like that who were just fast as shit, incredible stick. Goucher had the lacrosse field surrounded by the dorms. Was that that one or was that St. Mary's? We'll see if Joey uh, responds on the message board. Might find out. What, yeah, Joe- were people hanging out at the dorms watching yeah. the game? It oh, was that's aw- pretty it cool. Was- Awesome. It was like you were in a stadium in an arena. It was just a, a field, a lacrosse field. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a football team. Maybe they did, actually. And then the dorms were all around it. And it was it was really, really cool, even though we were the away team. I always loved playing there. forget Gout- if it was Goucher or St. Mary's. Goucher getting a lot of love early on the show today. Early. D3. Real early. Random Maryland school. Soft spot in our heart for all things D3. For Goucher. Speaking of D3, I watched some NFL football yesterday. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Again. Two did- weeks in a row. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. We were talking about the pre-show. We were driving up here. You, you, I want to get hyped for the NFL, for fantasy football, the whole nine. But, man, what a, like, a boring-ass product it's been for two weeks. Now, granted, it's early. Mm. But just no comp- – there's nothing that I woke up today where I was like, man, I can't wait to talk about this on yeah. the show today. It was just a lot of C-minus C football. It was all stuff that was kind of ancillary around the game. We're talking about Marshawn Lynch doing his dance. That, that was probably the most exciting thing to come out of, to, out of yesterday. Um, the goal line play that Oakland has, their audible out of that is called Seattle, which is okay. kind of funny. You got Marshawn Lynch in the background, they audible out, called Seattle, Seattle, and they throw a, a fade route into the corner. Those were like the two things I was excited about today, and they had nothing to do with the actual games. In our pre-production show, we started talking, and you nailed it. You said it was just, eh. Yeah. So it was, eh. It was the Carolina Buffalo game. That sums up the entire day of football. Nine Just to like three. a nine to three abortion of football mm-hmm. that was unwatchable. Uh, I was. I told you. I, we'll get into it a little bit later. But like, I had my laptop on and I was watching the European basketball championships, Slovenia versus Serbia. Mm-hmm. Dude, I muted football and just watched hoops all day, and it was unbelievably incredible. What, like, what was a game that stood out to you early? You, you said you were building Legos with your daughter, Yeah, watching Red Zone. Um, what made you lift your head up and watch football? To be honest, it was Tom Brady, three touchdown passes first quarter. Okay. Uh, because it started off the day well. That was the kind of bet that I looked at, and I went back to my sheet, and I said, oh, God, I, I hope I put a little bit extra on New England, because I remember I loved this game earlier in the week. And not only did I put a little extra, I doubled up on New England. Hmm. And I said, all right, that's great start the day off well uh this week two was interesting week one is what i call overreaction week okay eli up oh, eli's done eli's done with two years ago it was brady brady had one bad game up oh, brady's done bring in the backup so week one is kind of a wash in my opinion week one just get it out okay get it out get your overreactions out patriots aren't going to make the playoffs eli manning is done all that stuff Week two is when the teams can right the ship a little bit from overreaction. This was this past week. They're going to be a little more conservative. They're going to kind of find their identity a little more, kind of like a magnet. They're going to get a little bit closer. And then week three, everything's going to kind of be solidified. Yeah, okay. that's the thing. We said that last week on the show. I was saying that you know I loved Washington this week versus the Rams because week two is the week where we find out kind of a little bit of an identity. Like if you laid an egg in week one, Mm-hmm. And you don't come out in week two and play well. Mm-hmm. We know that you're a dog. The we Bears. know it. Yeah, like we, uh, you are who you are. Probably at this point, the mm-hmm. Jets. Sadly, um, I, I thought the Redskins were a pretty good football team. 
Eagles yeah. were actually pretty good. Came out. Rams were feeling themselves. Yeah. And played well. Like these are the things we learned from from these teams this week. Mm-hmm. But again, it wasn't really like compelling football. No, it was terrible. That we watched. Football. I'm, I'm scrolling through uh, all the scores right now, and I, I'm try- I'm like, wait, what game is there to talk about that was like really entertaining? One thing that jumped out is Tennessee for me. Okay, that was okay. one of my locks last week. Yeah, and this goes along with my theory for week one, two, and three. They had a field goal fest against two really bad defenses against Oakland week one. Everyone said, geez, are these, is Mariota still not ready to take that leap? Is he still kind of a third-rate quarterback? Jacksonville, on the other hand, came out and obliterated Houston. Yeah, That was not a story at all. The story was how Houston got obliterated. Uh, and then Tennessee came out and righted the ship a little bit and said, okay, 37 points. This is, okay, that this, same this is who we could be, and then next week we'll see. I don't know who they have next week, but week three is – that's it. You're you're kind of solidified by. But week you're three. back on them is the point. Like they're they're in that Redskins yes. area where it's yeah. like, all right, they kind of, did they really lay an egg though? Because Oakland's pretty fucking good. But their defense. I mean, their offense just looked out of sync. Out of sync for they, sure. It's a really bad defense. Mariota did well. Derrick Henry, who I have been touting for weeks now on this show, looked amazing. Fourteen mm-hmm. carries, ninety-two yards, a touchdown. It's going to be his ball in about six weeks. So anybody there fantasy football wise, like make some trades, try and get this guy because in like four or five weeks, top five running back. He just looks like a like in in a league of men where there's a lot of big dudes. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude yeah. carrying the football. Yeah. So big fan of his. I think the Titans are gonna be all right. Um Eagles, eh. That's not a terrible loss to the Chiefs. Twenty seven twenty on the road. Carson Wentz looked pretty good. The Chief, I will say this again about the Chiefs. They're they're a legitimate one or two seed. They're they might have a bye in week one. They should have a bye in week one. They're a phenomenal team. Um that's one of the games I had bookmarked. I didn't really watch it. What was it, six three at the end of the first half? Kind yeah. of a, just a defensive struggle. It, it, I mean, it, Kareem Hunt is very good. Andy Reid is very good at using guys like that, utilizing them. Uh, Alex Smith kind of regressed a little bit. He was fine, threw some decent balls. Tyreek Hill wasn't very good. But at the end of the day, Kareem Hunt sets, sets everything up for them. And if, if he keeps being utilized much like he used Brian Westbrook back in the Eagles days, they're going to be fine. They're going to win 11-12 games. But that division is the best division in football. With them, Oakland, I mean, San Diego stinks. Um, San Diego, and Denver, two, Denver yeah. looked great yesterday. That's a team that righted their ship a little bit. Um, what was their first, what was their week one score? Well, they won by three, twenty three twenty, I believe, over the Chargers. Monday Night Football. Yeah, over the Chargers. That's right. That yeah. was the second game. Um, and even though they are two and zero, I feel like this week was a definite writing of that ship because they dominated that game. Yeah, Trevor Simeon looked really good. I've been playing him in DraftKings the last two weeks actually, which has uh, strangely worked out pretty well. But it, like, it, it elevates Emmanuel Sanders. It elevates you know Demarius Thomas, guys that probably went a little bit lower in fantasy drafts than you know, you'd think their talent would, because of would dictate. Because right. you don't know about Simeon. But, hey, Simeon's pretty good. C.J. Anderson, another guy. Like They're just, they're mm-hmm. just clicking. And we, we both know the defense there is, is phenomenal. They, they made Dallas look terrible. They have a phenomenal offense. They have, they have weapons all around them. It's, it's almost like a much, much, much better version of the Rams. The quarterback, we're not sure about. The weapons around it, yeah, they're kind of proven, especially Sanders and C.J. Anderson. They're, those are two top-tier guys who haven't come down in value at all on DraftKings. They're still up there right behind uh, you know, Antonio Brown and A.J. Green and Julio Jones. I think, I think Sanders would be next. you know. Um, and then the Cowboys. I mean, I took the Cowboys under 9.5 on the season, I believe, or maybe under 10.5. Yeah. I like that bet. You know, they – People are getting tape on Dak and Ezekiel, and 
I don't yeah, know. But it's, it's the overreaction that you just talked about, though. Like, they went into a tough place to play. I mean, Denver, you did yeah. some stats last week talking about Denver at home and opening games, how like unbeatable they are. Yeah. That's a great advantage. Then you have the delay, the lightning strike, mm-hmm. which was pretty fucking awesome because it carried you through, which you, I loved. Like, that little the window between the, like, the last 4 o'clock game and the 5.30 game yeah. sucks. Right. Because you kind of just like lose interest. You're and like, you're not oh, going to watch NB- NBC pregame. is brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> you're not going to switch over. But with the delay, we had football all the way up until the next football game started. They should do this every week. Like, the NFL is idiotic sometimes. Like, yeah. stagger these games a little bit better so we can just watch football all the way through. I don't want any breaks That's all at we all. want. Yeah. Um, Croce with a great, great comment, and I kind of forgot about this. I pointed this out to Jen, and she was very nice and – Pretending like she gave a shit. Chargers are a kicker away from two wins. They have that rookie kicker. That, Hong a- Hong Chong? that Asian dude who apparently has been on every every talk show. Yeah. He's been on Bill. He was on Bill Simmons last week. Um, and he's been, I think, on like Kimmel and all these two missed field goals. And I remember last week he made one and they iced him. They they called the timeout yes. right before. Um one of this, the rare times that worked. Yeah. They iced him out, and that's two field two missed field goals for this kid, two games on his back. Is he gone, you think? That's a tough one. No. that's a, He's not like that kid from Tampa who got cut. Aguilar? Who I think is in Chicago now. He is. What, what, that's where everybody lands. You know what? I mean, the Seahawks 49ers game was, I want to say, interesting. It was boring as hell. But it was just interesting because you have such an awful 49ers team against what everyone still thinks is a phenomenal Seahawks team. Didn't look like it yesterday. No, they're, they're struggling. Their offensive line isn't very good. Their defense is still pretty solid. Uh, the kid Carson... He's a nice little running back. So basically anybody who took Eddie Lacy or uh, Thomas Rawls in a fantasy draft, just drop them immediately. Yeah. Those guys will and not Jimmy play. And Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham. It's, you know, Seattle, they're, they're going to be fine. I'm still, I'm over 10 and a half wins for them. Took that bet. Um, still feel pretty good about it. Okay. Still get to play the Rams. The Rams are, you know, they're still a 500 football team at best. They're at probably best. a six, seven win team. Mm-hmm. Arizona, no more David Johnson. That whole division sucks. Yeah, it does. Two years ago, that division was pretty good. You were like, oh, man, that's when San Francisco was really good. Mm-hmm. Seattle was good. Arizona was up and coming with that great defense with Patterson and Matu. Oh, they were great then. Yeah, yeah. they were great. And now that division is just awful. So yeah. you, when you get six games against those teams, you're still going to – they're still going to go 7-1 and one at home. So you just got to go 4-4 four and four on the road. Oh, they have the best home field advantage in football without yeah. question. Let me ask you this. Talking about Arizona, why isn't Larry Fitzgerald asked for a trade? I don't know. Well, you don't see trades in football, though, very often. That's that's the thing. Like, but why doesn't he want out? Get, just get out. You're on a shitty team. You are such an elite. I mean, I know you think you're even more elite. There were rumors two or three years ago that he was going to go to the Patriots. And that was, I mean, as a Jets fan who thought there was still some sort of rivalry, that was kind of terrifying to give Brady a weapon like that. You might as well give him Randy Moss. Kind of similar thing, you know. Um, I mean, he's he's so old now. I think he's 35, 36. Still he, fantastic. He's telling these cornerbacks before the game, I'll, I'll, I'll pay your fine, just do not hit me below the waist. Hmm. He goes, hit me up high, and if you get flagged, I will pay your fine. I don't want you taking out my knees. Uh, I guess, like, I don't know. If I'm putting myself in his shoes, I'm playing in Arizona. It's a great place to live. Uh, you know, they're not terrible. They were not projected to be a terrible team this year. They actually had a, a nice comeback win yesterday against the Colts. Um, now the Colts are miserable. <laughs> I understand that, but... It, you know, I don't know. You just, you just get comfortable. You get comfortable in a spot, and you're making a lot of money. And what's your motivation? You got to uproot your family, go somewhere, and maybe you win, maybe you don't. Like unless you go to the Patriots, no, there's no there's no guarantee you're going to win anything. So then you just uproot your whole life to go nine and seven and lose a wild card game. That's but not fantastic. I I can't stand now how certain players are saying I only want to be traded to a contender. 
I don't think certain players are at that level yet. Um, I think Kyrie is. I don't think Carmelo has the ability to do that, even though he absolutely thinks he should. Um, Larry Fitz is one of those guys who can say that. If you're going to get rid of me, send me – I understand it's a total – send me to Green Bay, Seattle. It's only for a year. Green Bay, Seattle. You know what he would do to those teams? What Aaron Rodgers would do with him? Yeah, like I Jordy said, Nelson though. out too. They might be looking. Jordy Nelson, we don't know how long he's going to be out. He went down last night. Football's a weird animal. I say it every week. Unless you played football at a very, very high level, I'd say like at least in like Division One college, maybe Division Two, maybe Division Three. I don't know. But like, it's a hard sport to understand. You and I never played football at a high level. I mean, there's a reason there's not a lot of trades. There's a reason you right. never see it's. It's so much harder to assimilate into a football team, and you have to learn a whole new language. You have to learn a whole new connection with people, especially the quarterback wide receiver connection, mm-hmm. which is not just like pitch and catch, like we're out at the playground. Like this is some precise shit that these yeah. guys work on in 39 mini camps over the course of a summer, yeah. and they develop relationships. So for Gerald, for him to just leave and go somewhere else. It, it, I just don't think it's as easy as, as we think it is. It's not like basketball know, where you just drop a guy in and play ball. I know it's not easy at all. I know it's real difficult, which is why the whole Kaepernick-Jay Cutler thing kind of made my opinion of these Kaepernick uh, supporters even less because they, it shows they didn't know much about football. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a no-brainer, obviously. I've talked about it every week since. That wasn't even a question of who was going to be playing starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Um, one of the things that jumped out was hard knocks when you talk about that. Mike Evans is the clear number one receiver on that Tampa team. Jameis Winston, obviously the quarterback, big year coming in for him. He had a conversation on the sideline with Deshaun Jackson. Okay, super speedy. You know him very well from the Eagles. And it was pretty clear he's going to be the number two guy right behind Evans. And he had a conversation with Jameis Winston where what Jameis told him, like, I know how good you are, but you got, we got to get that chemistry. You need to show me yeah. how we do that. Okay, because I know how we do it. Me and Mike, we, we got that, no problem. He goes, we got to get that because if we don't have that, we got nothing. You're just always going to defer back. Like If you're a quarterback, you're going to go back to what's comfortable. You're always going to go back to, like, what well, I know where this guy's going to be, so I'd rather take the chance and throw it to him than risk it with a new guy. Now, granted, Deshaun Jackson is a number two guy. It's a lot easier than if you come in, you're the number one guy, and you have to instantly create this chemistry. Right. Like I said, like it's hard to think of like great receivers that just – like think I can't think of off the top of my head other than Randy Moss going to New England – and like immediately making an impact as a number one receiver in a brand new place with a brand new quarterback, it's hard to think of guys. Look at how Brandon T- Marshall struggled last like, week. You got to be the guy like T.O. T.O. Yeah. did it with Donovan. His very first play ever as an Eagle in a preseason game was an 80 yard touchdown catch. Mm. So it takes transcendent talent to overcome maybe some chemistry issues that are going to happen with like just lesser kind of players. Mm-hmm. So Fitzgerald at this point in his career is a, a lesser middle tier. Very productive, very good player, but you know, but again, but he's a transcendent talent too. He runs perfect routes. He catches everything that gets thrown near him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I enjoy Fitz. He's going to go down as one of those guys that, you know, maybe a top fifteen receiver of all time. That's not appreciated. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see him go somewhere to Green Bay, something like that for a year, maybe yeah. two. Jordy out. Who knows? Um, last game is that night game last night. Packers Falcons which uh pretty cool seeing Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. I feel like every year a new stadium opens and they try and outdo everybody else, and it's going to be the Rams in what should be two years. It's supposed to be next year. Um, that game, I kind of – I didn't get it from the beginning. When I checked, the Falcons were up pretty big, and then I just checked in on it periodically, and the Green Bay scored. All of a sudden, before you know it, it's an 11-point game, and then it was over. I, I had the over. Game. I had the over, so I won my bet. So but I'll I, say yeah. this. I watched most of that game. 
it was the slowest game that ever went over 54 points in the yes. history I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Atlanta milked the clock the entire time after they got their lead. It was like awful. The clock was just always ticking. Two horrendous calls fucked Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Two horrendous pick calls that were just like it, it, it stopped uh, two touchdowns basically. End of the first half, they probably would have got a touchdown or at least a field goal. Then it called back the Randall Cobb touchdown on a horrific where it wasn't even a pick. The guy was just running a route one half yard off the uh, off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, those are the plays. It's like we uh, Croce's saying that the, uh, the the Chargers are two field goals away from being two and zero. That was a that was a close game. Anybody who thinks Atlanta ran away with that game last night is wrong. Uh, you know, Green Bay looked pretty good. Ty Montgomery looked really good. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, but those are two horrifically bad calls yeah. that changed the entire complexion of the game. But Atlanta's still good. Atlanta, Atlanta looks good. Their their Super Bowl hangover it doesn't look as pronounced as it does for other teams they had that a, we've seen in the past. They had a no cover win in at Soldier Field mm-hmm. in Week One, and you know what's funny is I just looked. Yeah, they're two and zero. So who cares? Yeah. They looked good last night. They're going to be clicking on all cylinders. They want to get right back to where they were. Super hangover done. Uh, they're going to be good. One thing I do want to talk about is uh, before we get going on tonight's game, we have I guess a few people actually listening from the Giants parking lot right now for Monday Night Football. Um, week three is going to be interesting for survival, survival, survival pools. I did not buy back in, by the way. You still haven't. No, I Are lost you week. Do it this week? No, I lost week one and didn't. Buy, wait, no, I, I know. You I can think still. You can, I think three weeks you can buy rebuy. So even though I didn't buy in this week, I think so. Oh, why are you telling me this crap? Why I, do you I think? thought I was out. I need you in. I thought I was out. Say it. Go ahead. Say it. No, I'm not doing it. Just when I think Maybe. I'm out, <laughs> they pull me back in. Um, Damn. It's an interesting week because there's no real clear-cut favorite except for New England. New England's favored by 13 over Houston, and Pittsburgh is the next highest favorite over Chicago at 7. So people are going to have to use some of their picks. I know people like to save, especially these two teams. You're going to have to use one of those two. This is going to be a massacre of a weekend for survival pools. Which uh, That was a compelling argument to get back in, actually. Because, like you said, if you can chop the field in half yeah. in week three. Week three. This is going to be a huge week. Now you're talking. Um, I'll, I'll probably jump back in. You should. This is going to be an interesting week. I checked that this morning real quick. It was like the only thing I actually looked at this morning. Uh, you got to you got to go New England. And oh. that's still 13. I mean, you just got to win against a Houston team who we still don't know about yet. We're not sure about them yet. Well, you wouldn't take those uh, smoking Jay Cutler Dolphins over the Jets? I mean, Jay Cutler looked... Uh, like he won an NFL football game yesterday. All the all the Cutler haters out there, Jay Cutler went on the road and won a football game. I will probably have one of those pit. That's six minus six, but that's in New York in division. If the I mean, if the Jets are going to win a game, I hate to say it, this might be it. Um, this is the first weekend because Indy is so bad. This is the only time in like the last two years that Cleveland's been favored to win a football game. It's just it's some interesting games this week. Cleveland killed me on a three-team uh, teaser yesterday. Oh. Hit the first two. I had Carolina at a pick, and then I had uh, New England. I forget what I had them at. But then I had I was sitting there flip-flopping. I'm like, Baltimore or Cleveland plus f- uh, 14, no, 13 and a half. And they lose by 14. Fucking Deshaun Kaiser. Two awful red zone interceptions. Painful. Oh, yeah. It's good to be back gambling. Good to be back. And then <laughs> false. <laughs> Uh, to jump on the Rams real quick before we preview tonight's game, they looked okay. I mean, it was they lost at home to a pretty good Redskins team. Uh, certain people were expecting the Rams to go 16-0 and and run the table for the Super Bowl this year after that week one shellacking of Indy. 
Yeah. They look great, and it sucks that it ended on a, a shitty interception by Goff at the end. He actually played pretty well. Um, I mean, I was expecting four, maybe five wins for the Rams. It looks like they should get to that and then exceed it possibly a little bit. I thought they looked – what I took away from that game was this. They got down big early, and they clawed their way back. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that about that team. I feel yeah. like last year, if that game plays out, Redskins just win the game 42-14 and, and people go on with their lives. Yeah, Rams clawed their way back. Jared Goff had the football in his hands with a chance to win a game. That, that's what you want. You mm-hmm. want him in all those situations he can get because in two or three years, when it actually really matters, yeah. he'll be able to draw on those experiences. So and if you're a Rams fan, be happy for sure. I think it was a – I mean, I hate to say moral victory, but it absolutely was. This is what I was talking about last week when it was week three, I believe, of the preseason – they were down by six. They had two minutes left. The ball on their own twenty put Jared Goff back in that game because he needed it yesterday. Yeah, I don't, that's what I don't get about the preseason. There are certain situations. Don't have your quarterback take his pads off yet because you might need him. Sure, you're risking him getting hurt, and if he gets hurt, then you look like a total asshole and you might lose your job. Kind of a big deal. But who knows? If they took out who was I forget who it was back then, Case Keenum, or he's gone now somewhere. Uh, Sean Mannion and Case Goff. Keenum started a football Keenum's, game. This week yeah, he was gone. From Minnesota. It was Sean Mannion. Take him out. Maybe, maybe they he doesn't throw the interception and they come back and win that game yesterday. Who knows? I don't know. It's all kind of hypothetical. Whatever. But they fought. The that, that was work. that was probably one of the two or three most entertaining games of the day. That yeah. Rams Redskins game. Shout out to Morgan Barclay, great friend of the show, great friend of ours. Texted me on Monday of last week and said the number one pickup in all drafts this week or in all free agency and fantasy football should be Chris Thompson. Yeah, that was his call, and then boom, Thompson goes out, two touchdowns. How you do you know, know that? I don't know. He's a fancy. Some people get things right occasionally. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, yeah. And then he, he sent a screenshot of his lineup because I didn't trust to start him though. Oh, so he, he didn't do it. Sitting on his oh, bench no. with like freaking thirty-five points or whatever he came down with. No but shit. Yeah, but, I mean, fancy football wise, I know you're not doing season long. You did DraftKings though, right? Mm-hmm. Any any luck? Um, yeah, I did. I think five yesterday. Uh, min cash and all of them. Oh, that's pretty good. Who are your uh, like your mainstays? Any guys on all five lineups? Any guys you used a lot? No, I tried mixing it up with everything. Some with Rogers, some with Ryan, some with Roethlisberger. Um, I just like mixing it up. I like a variety, which is why I don't like doing multiple season-long fantasies. You're covering all the squares. Yeah, you want a piece of all all the pies. I I mean I get it. I mean football's fun. It's fine. I say it all the time. I'm on a great chat with a couple guys that that are uh, you know they play every day. They're like quasi pros in, in DraftKings and Daily Fantasy, and I swear to God, there's no such thing as anybody that is a professional football DraftKings Daily Fantasy person. It is like playing bingo. It's like a scratch off lottery ticket. You know, JJ Nelson, Martavis, Br- like there's just yeah. there's so much weird shit happens every fucking week. Girly was in the, the guy NFL. Yesterday. No, Gurley, like, I, I get it. If somebody like, liked Todd Gurley, that's cool. Le'Veon Bell had a shitty game. Yeah. Predicting what these guys are going to do in football, I think, is even harder than baseball. I obviously think NBA is the easiest because that's what I'm the best at, but yeah. it, it's just like you are throwing blindfolded darts at the dartboard trying to nail what guys are, are, are going to crush. It's mm-hmm. tough. So, I it's tough. I, that's why they threw out that billion dollar. Perfect lineup. Because it was never going to happen. They know there's a trillion something, some odd chance to get that. Uh, Giants fan Rob at the Luzma just joined. Rob, we're going to talk uh, Giants Lions in a couple minutes. If you want to give us a call, we would love that. 323-284-7826. Um, huge, huge Giants fan. I need Stafford tonight hard. Well, that, so this is an interesting Monday night game. Big Stafford guy here. Why? 
because uh, he's on my fantasy football team. Okay. It's the only reason. I think right. he's terrible. If he wasn't on my team, I think he sucked. Okay. But he had a good week one. Giants are reeling. Maybe no Odell Beckham tonight. Stafford, four touchdowns, 440 yards. Is that possible? That's what you're predicting? It's my prediction. Hot take. They Giants got smoked last week at Dallas. People said Eli's done. That's it. One game. Overreaction week one. Um, the Lions, everyone thinks, all right, they look great. 35-23 against Arizona at home. Maybe letting up 23 points to Arizona, maybe they, that looks like shit right now. Arizona's not a good football team. And we saw that after week two. We only have two weeks to go off of here. For these two teams, we have one week. And it's overreaction Monday. You know, Dallas, 19-3 beating the Giants. Brandon Marshall did not look like he should be on a football field, let alone be the number one receiver with Odell out. Is Odell playing tonight? We still don't know, right? Questionable? According to the Twitter, maybe. It, it, <laughs> Twitter's always a big, we got a a big maybe. Oh, no. This better be who I think it is. Odell playing tonight? You right. damn right, you know who it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my man, Rob, yeah, right. New York Rob. How we doing, brother? We good, brother. How you doing? How you doing? What's um, up, Jay? What's going down? Rob, what's up, brother? I know uh, you're excited for the game tonight. You feeling like a bounce back's going to happen oh, yeah. or what? The Giants win. Hey, Rob. The Giants win. Rob, real quick, do me a favor. Turn that volume down in the background for me. Yeah, my bad, my bad. That's all right. All good. All right. I'm a big Eli guy, Rob. I don't know if you, you listen to the show every week, but I said Eli has an outside chance of winning MVP of the National Football League this year. He did not do me right week one. Week two, do I have a shot? Is he going to redeem me? I mean, he's got all the targets. He's got Odell. He's got Brandon Marshall. He's got Evan Ingram. Shane Vereen had like nine catches last week or something like ridiculous like that. Eli's got guys to throw the ball to. Do we, do we, do we lose, lose Rob? Uh, oh, there he is. No, no, no. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening to you guys. Sorry, it was breaking in and out. Um, okay, so as a fan, right? I, I'll say this to you, cats. Uh, I think I think Eli's fine. I think the we're having really is O line issues, as you can tell. You know, we can't run the ball. So if we don't have like a balanced attack, Eli's always going to struggle a little bit. But I think I think. Uh, I think that old line has heard a lot of crap this week. I think at home, I think they play well. Uh, I think they'll be inspired to play well. And I think Eli has a bounce back game. I agree. I think against this defense that let up that many points against Arizona, he's got something to prove. And a veteran quarterback who's won two Super Bowls should not feel like he has something to prove. And Eli does after he, losing it last week. He can do it, man. He's done it before. That's, you know, I, yeah. I know I know this is coming from a homer, but like I I think of that last golf game last year. If I shows up, he needs to show up. I don't care what anybody tells you. He all shows up. Like, is is Odell playing I think, tonight? I think that What's up? Is Odell playing tonight? I hope so. Uh, you know, giving him treatments, they're they're gonna see what he looks like. The word around Giants and is, you know, gonna you know, they're gonna see how it's a little bit and then they're gonna make a time decision. But I, I think it'll, I, they they very knows we need. So I think he'll play. Is he? Is he? Sorry, Jake. No, you're good. Is he holding out a little bit longer with this injury to show them how much leverage he has for new contract, or is that not his game? I'm sorry, man. Reception is really crazy. I didn't. I didn't care. No problem. I said, is he? Is he kind of hamming up this ankle injury? 
in as far as his contract negotiation from a leverage standpoint, or you think this is legit? Oh, I think it's your kid loves and he wants to. He's yeah. playing it. You, you come on, Scavano. He's not. He, uh, he's wish, not sitting out this game if he can help it. Come on, man. I wish we had a better connection because listening to Rob rip you, Scavati, is one it. of my favorite things in the entire world. I love world. it too. We got to have like a little segment every week where he calls up if he can. I mean, his written word <laughs> on his written word on the book of face every time you post anything is is absolutely fucking fantastic. So give us give us a give us a final. Um. Honestly, I say about I say. Yeah, my, my, my prediction, I'll say, okay, I'll say, I'll say 23-17. Sounds like another exciting Monday night football game. 23-17. <laughs> yeah. Might as well move this one over to Thursday. Uh, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> so, real quick, too. I don't even know if Jay's aware of this. You and me got into it. This is where he's going to get real fired up. Your boy Carmelo, the 64th oh, best no, player. In, I got to bring this up. 64th best rated player in basketball right now behind – our very own Lonzo Ball, who has not played one minute of professional basketball. You think that's ridiculous. I think that's rated way too high. Why are you so fired up oh, about this? You're rating – you are rating somebody that hasn't played one minute of pro ball, man. All right, so I'll give you that. Bump him up to number 63. Why is that fair? Oh, my God. Come on. Mello, Mello I think Melo has been given the worst – He's been given the worst deal of all freaking time in sports, man. Nobody's been able to build around him. He's been given a bum hand everywhere he's gone. Everywhere he's gone. I, I don't know. I mean, I like Hoodie Mello. I don't know if you're following Mello this summer on his workouts and all these like pickup games he's playing. He's playing in a hooded sweatshirt. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Oh, yes, I have. And I he's love it. killing it. I mean, he looks like yeah. young Mello. That being said, I would like to see one highlight of Mello making one teammate better. That's all I'd like to see. He's a good basketball player. One highlight of, of making an extra pass. One highlight of, of ding somebody up. He should rebound way better than he does. Uh, you know, I, I respect everything you said as far as, like, he has never been really built around because he's had a bunch of garbage. He had that one Denver team that was that was pretty good. I think they made the Western Conference Finals. But for the, right, right, and they, and they did nothing after that. And, nothing. and did nothing after that. The Knicks have not done a fantastic job. I agree with that. The Eastern Conference, that wow. being, the Eastern Conference is horrific. So, based on his talent alone, you would think he'd at least be able to make the playoffs. Yeah. Just make the playoffs. I'm yeah. not even saying be a top four seed, win the Atlantic. I'm not even saying that. Make the playoffs if you're, like, some fantastic top 15 player. That, that is my criteria for how I'm going to judge somebody. If you can't make the playoffs in a shitty Eastern Conference with – I don't care who's around you. You should be able to make the playoffs. Go ahead, Rob. I don't, I, ah, come on, man. Who has he had to help him do that? You can't know it's a team game. He's never had somebody to help him. He's got the Latvian unicorn. Yeah. Christoph Porzingis changing the, <laughs> changing the game. And that's no good, huh? He's got some French like, point guard coming his way now. Come on. French point guards have a great history in the NBA. Another solid draft <laughs> by the Knicks. <laughs> Y'all are killing me. You cats are Well, this is going to be fun. We're definitely, when NBA rolls around, we're going to have to do the Carmelo report with Rob. Like every couple weeks, <laughs> we'll, do the Car we'll do the Carmelo report. You call in for 10 minutes every two weeks. We'll talk about Melo, what he's doing, how the Knicks are doing. Hopefully This will be else. entertaining. <laughs> 
I, I, I got to make a more of a point of this, and I got to get a reception so I can holler at you guys better for sure. Yeah, where are you? In your living room? Do you get bad reception in your living room? No, no, man. I'm on the go. I just, I, I got on the phone. And I just, I saw you guys chopping it up. I was just like, oh no, I gotta hit up the body. <laughs> All right, last thing. The Mets, sixteen and a half out of the wild card, still not mathematically eliminated. Are you gonna call it? Are they gonna make the playoffs? No, they won't. Um, and I, but I'm not mad at the Mets. Oh, you come on, Scobati. I'm not mad at the Mets. The Mets, they haven't had anybody. I mean, who the hell's been healthy? But you guys are supposed to have the best pitching staff of all time. A couple and, months and ago, where have half of those, and where have half of those guys been, Scavati? They're sitting on the season. bench with Matt Stafford right now, or uh, yeah, Sam right. Bradford. I mean, right, right, all right then. So there it is. Well, hey, uh, Harvey, Harvey's been a bust, right? We can agree on that. He pitches tonight. Get rid of him. Harvey's pitching yeah, tonight. Yeah, he'll. I, 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 and I can comfortably tell you, I don't expect him to win that game. Well, you're all playing for second place anyway. That includes Scavati's uh, Yankees because Reese Hopkins is going to totally take over Major League Baseball here in the next uh, next five to ten years. This guy might hit 90 <laughs> home runs a year yeah. for the next ten years. Aaron Reese Hopkins, Judge out. legend. Obviously, I'm a homer for really, And it chafes my butt every freaking day. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I don't know where the hell Judge is from. I was I was really looking forward to giving Scavati crap for the next eight years, like just really looking forward to every season, just rip it into him on Facebook, Twitter, every chance. And now I, I just can't do it, and it's really it's it's hard, Jack. So, I have faith that you'll be able to find something. Sounds like every Mets fan uh, I've ever known since 1987. I, no, no, not even, not even Scavati, not even. <laughs> uh, not all even. right, are you ready to come over to the Lakers or no? We done with the Knicks officially? No, yeah, I'm done with the. Knicks. No, I don't. No. So what's you your team? Like you today. What, what's your team then? I, I enjoy the game of basketball. That's what I. Okay. It's so nice to be unemotional. Alright, dude. Thank you so much for calling in. Call us anytime you want. Absolutely anytime. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, can't say Scavati, man. You know there's always love over here, Jay. Man, keep y'all keep doing your thing, man. You guys are doing. I love it. I love it. Man. Real quick, I, every chance I get, when I ever get a chance to call in, I'm calling in for sure. Call in. Thank Give you, a bro. little shout out for Affirmative Athletics too. Oh no doubt, man. Please, yeah. Uh, we're trying to do some big things, man. Affirmative Athletics. We do uh, flag football and basketball for at-risk kids. We've been doing it for probation kids, locked-up kids for a while, and this is going to be the first year we're going to do it outside of the probation system, Jan. We're going to do it with eight-court schools on the outs. It's going to be fun. Very nice. Very nice. we got to get you to come on in-studio in a little bit, talk about that, because that's a very, very good thing you're doing. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Much for love, real. Rob. Happy Thanks, safe. brother. Absolutely, bud. Good luck tonight. You, you, you know it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Good luck tonight. Yep. This game is going to be uh, ugly, and we're doing our best to hype it up. But I think he's right. I think it's going to be like a 23-17 mm-hmm. muck fest, grind fest, borderline unwatchable. Um, but, yeah, per our regression theory about teams that did not show up in week one showing up in week two and auto-correcting themselves, Giants fall squarely in the middle of that. Of course. Detroit looked better than they probably are. Giants looked worse than they probably are. Auto-corrects. Giants win. I'm with Rob. Rob's great. You calling a cover or two? Or wait, what is it? The Giants are... I think it's three. Giants yeah. are given three, yeah. That seems low to me. Three. At home, Monday Night Football against Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Matt Absolutely. Stafford does not have a lot of success in his history of Monday Night Football if he's even played three games. On the road, too? Yeah. And half of our message board is in the parking lot right now at Giant Stadium. Love that. It's still Giant Stadium. 
still trying to figure out why Stringer's a Giants fan. He's from Philadelphia. <laughs> if you're watching, Mike, get it's on the close. message board. Let us know why. It's right up the turnpike. But yeah, Rob. Uh, Rob's fantastic. I- I'm looking forward to the NBA season. Yeah. Anytime we talk NBA, my mouth starts watering. I just want to talk NBA the whole time. I know. It was funny that whole Carmelo thing. Like NBA is doing a good job of staying relevant in the off season. <coughs> the first couple weeks of free agency were more exciting than the actual season. More exciting than anything. They had they had the market, even though baseball was going full strength. Uh, and this whole Carmelo thing is just comical. <coughs> it's oh, it is ridiculous. I mean, I'm the biggest Carmelo non fan. It's ridiculous that Lonzo Ball's ranked higher than Carmelo. And this is a ridiculous site. I don't even know who put these numbers out. Okay? It's probably well, undefeated or something. Well, I like that ESPN puts these numbers out, and then they talk about it. Like, it's they're, they're creating their own news. Of course. Which is hysterical. ESPN's in a little bit of trouble right now. More importantly, are you watching the best show on TV right now? Well, it's not on TV. It's on Facebook, actually. It's a Facebook reality show. Lonzo Ball show. Ball and the Ball Family. Ball. I haven't watched it at all yet. Unbelievably great show. Episode 4 came out today, I believe. You're uh, watching it. Oh, dude, I look forward to it every Monday, man. This family, everything about them is just next-level incredible. LeVar is an absolute genius. Guy's going down in the pantheon of great thinkers, Socrates, Plato, LeVar Ball. It, it just pure genius, really good reality show on Facebook, produced by the people that did The Real World. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have, like, real shit behind it. Uh, Ball and the family, check it out. I actually meant to. I think it's bookmarked. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's 15 minutes. It's 15 yeah. minutes of your life. You know, I think sh- he's entertaining. I love anytime I see him and Stephen A. ripping into each other on first take or whatever the show is. It's uh, he's entertaining. People hate him. I talked to some people back in New York and they can't stand this guy. It's pure entertainment, and it's just going to get better when this season starts. Lakers are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, people that hate him are just like they have their own issues going on. There's really no reason to hate this guy. He's not a bad dude at all. Guy loves his kids, takes care of his wife who just had a stroke. Yeah, trying to run a business, take care of his family. It's the American dream, right? So you're supposed to do. You okay over there, by the way? I, well, I'm a little under the weather. I didn't say that before the show. I've been a little sick, got a little flu going, so I've had a cough. Trying not to cough on the on air. So, you know, working at about 65% today. Okay. Shifting gears to college football, Saturday. My, I love college football. Everything about it. Uh, I was at the SC Texas game. It wasn't a great game. It was an unbelievable finish, double overtime. The one thing I don't like about college football doing all right yeah i'm good one thing i don't like is my computer's dying right now too i got nothing the one thing i don't like about college football is if you don't get home that night and watch highlights you're in trouble you're done you're not going to get them because once you get up sunday morning it's all about previewing the nfl so we got home from the sc game probably two and a half hours later than we thought i sat down on the couch watch i wanted to watch the louisville highlights with clemson lamar jackson because we were talking about that big time last week Turns out there wasn't that much to watch because Clemson looked like the dominating team they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I passed out on the couch after watching 30 seconds of the end of the Cal game, I think, or Stanford. And that was it. Woke up the next morning, done. Um, did you watch on Saturday or were you uh, bouncing around playing hoops? No, I mean, I hooped in the morning, but had woke up early, had a lot of bets going all day long. Uh, like I said last week, I'm completely in on college football this year after a few years off. Uh you know, I, I love it. I mean, maybe the product isn't as good as the NFL. The football on the field isn't as good, but like the, the level of excitement around it uh, over overcomes any kind of deficiency or any kind of like level of play factor that w- would even like matter to you. Like it's mm. just, it's so much fun to watch. You you brought up the Cal game. Yeah. Uh, w- exciting finish. End of the night. I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Bar's busy. Got a couple Cal alum in there. I don't give a shit about Cal. I had no money right. on the game, but it just it was exciting. Mm-hmm. So some really good college football. I, I had a few winners. Shockingly. Wow. Uh, had a really good day. 
on Saturday. But I got screwed on Duke. Duke Baylor. For everybody out there, bet against Baylor every single week that you can. Baylor is horrific. And that used to be every week, bet Baylor in the over. Every week it used to be. But I had Oklahoma State per your your squad because you say, always bet Oklahoma State on Saturdays. Yeah. Not on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. So they rolled pit. They looked fantastic. I forgot, um, to, I forgot to get that bet in this week. No, you didn't have them? They I scored did. a touchdown in the first seven possessions. Looked great. Um, what else was I bet? I had Clemson. It's so nice having easy winners. Yeah. I mean, it's just so nice not to sweat anything out. USC game, Texas. I'm working. We had a bar full of USC people and about 15 Texas fans. Like you said, there was a lot of Texas people around here. There was a lot. They made the trek out. Um, and I didn't even realize. I mean, I noticed it right when the game started. I was a few rows off the field when the game started. And it was it was loud all around. Not till the end of the game when we shifted. We had we brought Avery with us, which bringing a three and a half year old to a college football game is kind of tough, especially when it gets to double overtime. We started to leave at one point, and we were outside watching by the concession stand. This is in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left, and there was a delay on the TVs. It was like a twenty second delay, and the noises coming from inside the stadium were right next to the stadium. We couldn't tell if it was SC an SC good play or a Texas good play. It was that loud. So then we ended up going back in, watching the rest, and then getting in uh, actually really close to the field at the 50 for uh, for overtime. Really exciting. It was a – I don't I, every game – I hate the term must win, except in college football. The college football, wins. it's a must win. Yeah. If they ended up losing – if SC ended up losing that game, they win the Pac-12, they're probably still in. But Penn State keeps rolling through people, and they keep ping-ponging back and forth in the rankings – doesn't matter yet until the uh, the BCS rankings or whatever they're called now come out. Well, as a USC fan, are you worried? I mean, you know, more importantly, are you worried? Absolutely. I mean, that was not a great performance. Sam Darnold probably out of the Heisman talk. Yeah. Know, he still threw for 403 touchdowns, so it's like numbers-wise it was fine. But he also had another two more interceptions. Three games, two interceptions each game. But interceptions don't get talked about with that. It's just how many, how big can your numbers be? When I'm looking at Baker Mayfield's stats today, it showed four touchdowns. He might That's not have had an interception. But they didn't put they didn't well, post that number. And come December, Heisman voters aren't going to think back to you know early September. They're just going to see, oh, it was a win, mm-hmm. and he threw a shitload of touchdowns. Yeah, so I get it. Like, they won the back twelve. This will be in the rear view at some point. I, I don't know. I guess Lamar Jackson would be the guy that took the biggest hit, Heisman wise, because of course I bet him at even money. Yeah, uh, I found that last on my week. site. Even money, I bet it last week. Um, but he still threw for three seventeen and three touchdowns. He's yeah. still going to have video game numbers as long as they don't like lose four games. Right. His number's going to dwarf everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So he's still in it. But Darnold, man, he's got to step up. He has not looked good in two of these three games. I feel like last week was, I don't want to say an outlier because it's been, this goes against my three-week theory. This was week three. Um, they held a little back, I like to think, against, what was it, Western Michigan. They looked phenomenal against Stanford. And it was almost like they tightened up the playbook this week. They kept running Ronald Jones up the middle, and they just weren't doing what they did against Stanford. 18 for 47 yards. 18 carries, 47 yards. For Rojo. Yeah. Yeah. And then Carr, I think, wasn't too far behind him. Uh, I don't know. Everything just seemed off. Darnold wasn't hitting his guys like he does. They weren't giving him the space. And the Texas secondary, a lot of respect for them. I know they got smoked by Maryland. Maryland, yep. Um, But that's why we say instead of Texas losing, it's maybe Maryland's pretty good. And they they are. I think they're 2-1 and now or maybe 3-0. and I don't even know. Um, They got that dude number nine, that receiver, Who's he just looks like, and they're playing SC. They're not playing some FCS school. Colin he, Johnson. Johnson. He looked bigger than everybody on the field by far. He just looked like an absolute beast, and he was the go-to on third down for these guys every time. 
Um, super exciting game to be at. The, they went for it on fourth and one. In on the SC went for a fourth and one first possession and then missed a field goal, missed that fourth and one try. Don't know why they didn't just poke it over the line and pull it back. They were on like the one inch yard line. Um, that was kind of like a Seattle audible for Oakland. It was a fun game to be at. Not many people left at all. When they actually won, it was uh, when the kid hit the field goal, and that's been the biggest issue for SC is the field goal kicker this year. Yeah. Um, that was a great drive. That would be the argument oh, yeah. for Darnold. Like, wow, the team gets stomach-punched by that late Texas touchdown. It's yeah. like, all right, this game's over. It was he a field drives goal him right Texas. Da- and, or field goal. With 43 and he, seconds left. And he drives him right down and gets a field goal to tie it back up. Just like that. Like, it was yeah. nothing. And a bunch of people left after that field goal, and then I'll try getting back in because, they said, oh, shit, Darnold just put him in field goal territory. Oh, they made the field goal. We're going to overtime. Unbelievable game. I don't I don't know what it was, and this is goes back to what you, were, you and I were saying. Uh, our football knowledge only goes so far. We never played college. We've never coached football. Why Clay Helton decided to pull the reins back on Darnold and that offense and just play it super conservative and just keep pounding the ball up the middle for no gains. I don't know why. At some point, you have to say, you know what, this isn't working. Go to the backup plan and let let this kid throw the ball. Every time they he got out of the pocket, when they let him throw and it wasn't a quick out, when he got out of the pocket and he was able to run and create a play and just prolong that play like an Aaron Rodgers kind of thing, the place went nuts. Because you knew something good was going to happen. And yeah. something was just off this week with them. I mean, second half, you, they didn't score in the second half till the field goal yeah. with no time left. Mm-hmm. They, they were outscored 10 nothing in the second half. Like I said, Texas got a touchdown with 45 seconds left to take the lead. But, yeah, like at the end of the day, you're not playing well, and then you drive a team down to tie a game up. There are points to be won as far as like in a Heisman. That, that's, that's a defining moment maybe for a season that maybe saves a season. Like you said, even if they lose this game, they can run the table in the Pac-12 and, and still get to the championship game probably. But, yeah. you know, you want to you win football games. And at the end of the day, you don't want to put yourself behind the eight ball. You don't want to be Ohio State. Uh, gutty win by USC. I, I had a minus 17, which I obviously yeah, ripped that ticket up after halftime. I mean, that, yeah. that game was just going to be close. But kudos to Texas, man, for uh, for playing well. That team looked like they were dead and buried. Yeah. Oh, they were Owen. Yeah, they were 1-1. One one. Lost to Maryland and then a decent week two win. Think about SC. They have two games coming up. They're going to Cal next week. Not too worried about that. Then they go up to Washington State, which is just a shootout, and anything can happen up there. That's the game every SC fan I've talked to. Every to a man. Well, how you feel? I'm just worried about Washington, Washington State. State. Is it like a Thursday or Friday night game? Probably something weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember when that Leinart team lost up there mm-hmm. in like a weird Thursday night game. Leinart was there this week, getting honored. For what? For his for Heisman. cheating? For his Heisman. He didn't cheat. Reggie didn't cheat either. I thought Reggie was going to run him out of the tunnel. L- Liner told a really good story on uh, some show I saw him on. After they lost to Texas, uh, went out with his buddies to the club or whatever, the guys on the team, the seniors, and Michael Jordan was at the club. And he goes, I ended up sitting there with me and my, it was me and my brother, and I talked to Michael Jordan for 30 minutes about the game. And he goes, I couldn't even believe Michael Jordan who I was. That's a cool little anecdote. Like, I talk about getting over maybe the roughest loss in, in your sports career, your sports life, yeah. and your constellation is, hey, I get to hang in the VIP with Michael Jordan for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You're going to tell him whatever the hell you want, yeah. whatever, whatever he wants to know. Uh, Vince Young at the game. It was it was cool. I mean, for those of you guys that don't know, 11 years ago in the national championship game in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, Vince Young ripped the heart out of number 1 USC and won the championship for Texas. So it's been 11 years in the making, that game. It was fun, man. It was cool seeing Texas everywhere. Uh, there were some some fights, some some beer being thrown, which was 
kind of interesting. Other than that, it was pretty tame. Just it was just a really fun environment to be at. College football games are a blast. The Texas fans are probably a minus five hundred favorite in a fight versus USC fans. Come on, that's not even that's not on the, even on the road. On the road, they're still minus five hundred favorites. Uh, come on, the, the, yeah. the Texas fans are a little tougher than the USC fans. Yeah. That's, that's oh, I'm not saying the USC fans are tough by any. Well, a little bit, a little bit. You get a little bit of that Oakland Raiders crowd coming to the game. The small contingent of uh, yeah, maybe a couple of those guys. But as a whole, I'll take the state of Texas over uh, over USC. Yeah. Any day of the week in a fight. Uh, I don't know. Texas spreads itself so thin. You got so many teams down in Texas. I know Texas is UT is the big dog, but uh, that's basically just me saying people in Texas are tougher than people in Southern oh, California. Yeah. That's just yeah, yeah. That goes, it's like a no brainer. Yeah, but I would take the SC at plus what, if it's minus five hundred is what plus two seventy five for USC. I'll take it because of the, that Oakland Raiders hangover. Just like a battle royale, take twenty Texas fans, twenty USC fans, throw them in a ring, last one standing. Yeah, four Texas fans over under, laughing at the USC fans. <laughs> Uh, Penn State looked awesome. You know, Oklahoma, Clemson, Bama. Those are that's your top four. SC just got bumped out. They got bumped down to number five. Well, gambling wise, we learned again what we talked about. Always bet against Alabama in these non-conference home games because, like Nick Saban, just has no interest in them. Yeah, like zero. I mean, they gave up twenty-three points to Colorado State. 13 late points for the cover. After giving up seven to Florida State in the first week. It, it felt, yeah, exactly. It felt like Alabama, if they wanted to, could have scored 150 points. But mm-hmm. they come out, get two touchdowns, and just like, all right, can we end the game already? So gambling-wise, Bama at home always laying a ton of points. And they never cover these non-conference games, and they didn't cover again. Vandy, shout-out to Vandy. They got Vandy this week. Big matchup. Joe Thompson, friend of the show. Joe's going to be on next week. Uh, Joe was watching the Vandy game, losing his mind. They beat Kansas State. Vandy probably ranked. That's a good game. It's going to be two ranked they teams. They didn't get ranked. They're on the bubble. Oh, they didn't get ranked this week? He, he was so. hoping it would be two ranked teams. Um, Vandy's getting 19. I don't know. Vandy's offense is horrible. And I don't know if they're like their defense is good enough to stop Bama from scoring 35. So 19, I could see like a 35-14 Bama win on the road. Let Vandy know, like, hey, you're still Vandy. You're still Vandy. They were the, if the rankings went out to the top 30, they'd be at about 28. Yeah, but enjoy the 3-0. It's a nice win. Yeah. Like I said to Joe many times, I wish I cared about anything in the world as much as you care about Vandy football. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, he loves it more than life itself. It's intense. On Twitter, every time I go on now, you know, that there's like a little section of like what you missed. And I think they take some of your – like, if, you know, if you post or if there's like a few other guys uh, who post all the time. They always have Joe for me, and it's just a lot of Vandy, especially on and around Saturdays. I don't know why they decided that's the one that they're going to pump down my throat the whole time. Uh, who do they got? Bama's got Vandy, and then Ole Miss, who lost to Cal this week. Is that right? Was yes. That, that game? Very good game. Great game. Came mm-hmm. down to the wire. At A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, blah, blah, blah. I want Are some- we going to have a Bama-Clemson championship again this year? We might. This this young quarterback for Clemson looks fantastic, and they just have great athletes. So, I mean, a lot has to shake out. Oklahoma obviously controls their own destiny. They didn't look fantastic, but understandable hangover in the first half after a big win at Ohio State. Again, we're dealing with little kids. We're dealing with kids who are 19, 20 years old. Emotions matter. Yeah. You know, so when you're making your bets, when you're looking at lines, always look and see who they're playing next week and who they played the week before because that that always matters. Big games on the horizon mean you're going to play close to the vest – 
You just want to survive the week, and then you want to get to what matters. Uh, That's fantastic advice. Yeah. I mean, always look at the schedule. UCLA-Memphis was a great game. I actually double-dipped. I had Memphis, and I had the over. Hit both. Okay. Nice. Always That's nice a great start you, to your day. When you double-dip, it was an early game. That whole West Coast team going east with the early 9 a.m. start, again, that shit matters, man. Yeah. It's, it's literally 6 a.m. in the morning to these kids from UCLA when that game kicks off. And it's it's Memphis, so it was like ninety seven degrees with eighty percent humidity. Yeah, UCLA made it a We're game. We're not used to that. No, UCLA. You know, th- what what do we know about UCLA? They can score the football. They can't stop anybody. Anybody. Josh Rosen, four sixty three, four touchdowns. Looks like a top five pick in the draft next year. Maybe the first pick. Looks amazing. Um, but they can't stop anybody. So if you're betting over unders, these over unders are gonna fly through the roof with UCLA. Just keep betting the over until they make it like ninety. These 72 overrunners for them are just way, way, way too low because they're going to put up between 45 and 55 every game. Well, and going back to it, all these little subplots, Rosen has a lot to prove. He's playing second fiddle. He's supposed to be the second pick in the draft next year. He's playing second fiddle in this town of L.A., in the city of L.A., to Darnold. Darnold's getting all the hype. And Rosen is right there with him, should have been right there with him. Um, it's interesting. Why I, I wonder why they don't talk about Mayfield and Lamar Jackson as far as draft picks, as highly as they do Darnold. Every sports writer I know has said, no, Darnold's number one, period, end of story, no discussion. I, I texted you last week about Darnold and how he doesn't pass my, my one of my major criteria. It's, it's a big test for you. Which is you need to be an attractive human being to be a successful NFL quarterback. It's just yeah. like you, you can count on maybe two fingers the number of ugly great quarterbacks there are. Top of my head, I can't even think of any. All right, so like you got to be like a good-looking dude. Chicks have to want you. Dudes want to have to be you. Just part of the fucking thing. Sam Darnold does not pass that test. That being said, I'm going to make an amendment. After the game, he's getting interviewed. I think by Leinart. All right, the guy's got a decent head of hair on him. Oh, Leinart? No, uh, Darnold. Darnold. Okay, is a decent head of hair that saves. You know, he's got a huge rock head. He's got a big head. His head is like probably. I'd rather have his head full of nickels than a million dollars. All right, and it's just this huge square face. Not a terribly handsome guy, but it does go to show that a good head of hair can save the day. So I, I hold out hope for him. There he is. Uh, His for, hair's right there. It's for good. being a good NFL That's quarterback. That's after a game, too. That's good what I'm saying. He's got good hair after the game. It's flowing. It's kind of thick. Yeah, it looks pretty soft. Not a terribly handsome guy. And I don't think Rosen is either, if we're being honest. Rosen definitely not. Not a handsome dude. No. Did you see... <laughs> Go with that, Mike. Did you see – I think it was on the Fox preview or the Fox pregame. They always do like a, a funny little sketch. I was actually in one a couple years back playing Tony Romo and Peyton Manning. Uh, they did one. It was this comic from somewhere in England. He came over and he was playing Green Bay, and he looked, he looked like Aaron Rodgers with the mustache, but he looked like a much lesser version of Aaron Rodgers, and everybody went nuts. He walked into a cafe. People are, you know, autographs, this and that. I guess these idiots were fooled. And then he finally met Aaron Rodgers. You could tell Rodgers just wanted to look and be like, dude, no. Like, I'm a decent-looking guy. You are not a good-looking dude at all. But that would have killed the entire sketch, even though everybody <laughs> knew it the whole time. It was actually pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, you. I mean, if you were a coach, I would love to see you during the combine, like not even talking with the number one or number two pick, not even talking to Darnold. That would be the story because you know, he's not a good-looking dude. If I don't get lost in he your eyes, I'm not interested. Quarterbacks got to you know? be good-looking guys, confident, all that stuff. But it's not even just looks. It's just like some charisma. Like you have to be the leader of men. 
especially in like a football locker room where it's always divided between offense and defense and special teams and like you know you think of those Ravens teams those guys fucking if Ray Lewis sees Trent Dilfer on the streets he wants to punch him and take his Super Bowl ring maybe he wants to stab him I don't know Ray Ray, Ray gets down with knives but Tom Brady guys like that and Joe Montana beloved by everybody everything yeah. that they say is the word of God. And that's the kind of quarterback you have to be right. to be really, really successful in the NFL. Everybody has to respect you and borderline just be obsessed with you and love you. And that's what Jameis Winston showed in Hard Knocks. Oh, he's got he's it. He's that guy. He's got it, man. In spades, he's got it. Jameis Winston's fantastic. Looked great yesterday. Jared Goff does not have it yet, I don't think. No. I don't know, but he's not like Sam Darnold ugly. No, no, I'm not talking about looks. Oh, sorry. He's a decent looking dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a decent looking guy. About, I'm talking about leadership. Yeah. You know, I don't he, see him go running up to Aaron Donald, telling him what he's got to do. You know, I just don't. I don't. I feel like he's terrified of Aaron Donald. You know, he's getting there though. I mean, this time last year we we're having a conversation about golf, and it was like, holy fuck, they might have to draft another quarterback next year. I know. And now we're having a conversation like, oh, okay, there's some hope. This guy had the football in his hands. The guy's a gamer. Brought him back a little bit. He, he's got a shot. I believe they have San Fran next week. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. I mean, they're going to get a little kick in the ass because San Fran looked okay against. Uh, against Seattle this week. Should be interesting. Yeah, they're at the 49ers. That's Monday night. Not not to bounce around a ton, but I, I, we did, excuse me, talk about uh, Tony Romo yeah. in our little pregame. Mm-hmm. Like, is he the greatest announcer in the history of, of professional sports? Yes or no? He might be already. He might be. He, he might be. You, you click on any anything, any link anywhere on like Yahoo or any of these like little news media places, there's 50 articles about how great Tony Romo is. Oh, he's predicted every play since he's been in the booth why have we never seen this before i feel like these announcers have to be so conservative and and by the book and vanilla that to see somebody kind of going off book a little bit is just it's so refreshing to see and great to listen to yeah he's completely won me over like i said last week i was a little nervous about it i don't know if tony romo is terribly likable maybe he is i think i was probably just totally wrong but the style with which he's calling the games is incredible Mm-hmm. I, we've never seen anybody, and there's been really smart football players that have been color guys, very smart football yeah. players, quarterbacks even, never try and call the plays and then be 100% right about it. Like He's he's amazing. That's what is getting me, the call in the plays. Obviously, he doesn't have the playbook. I don't know how he's doing this. I mean, he might just be going off of what he would be doing if he was a quarterback or a coach or if he's audibling out of a situation, what he would do. He knows the matchups. He's He's – not even a year removed from this game. So he knows the matchups. He knows every single player that's playing and their ins and outs and their weaknesses and who to pick on and when you see the coverage. And he knows all that stuff. And that's the stuff that that guys like us don't know. We can't look at a defense no and say, you know, cover two, press here. You know, this guy's the spy right there. Go weak side, call it out. Like that's, that's the tough part about football. On the uh, Simmons podcast with Cousin Sal every Monday where they guess the lines. Do you ever listen to that? Yeah. Like really, it's one of my favorite podcasts of the week. It's always fun to watch them guess the lines or hear them guess the lines. They t- he tells a great story about how this time last year, or after the season, pardon me, over the summer, Romo was getting ready to call games, so they would call Madden games mm-hmm. instead to practice. And then him and Cousin Sal were watching him then start playing Madden, and he goes to the line and just audibles every play, and he knows exactly the X's nose of every defensive player, what they're going to do, and both Simmons and Sauer just like we knew right then and there, like he was gonna be He's gonna be great. He was gonna be fantastic. Yeah. And they and they were right. Yeah. Uh I mean people have you can't I can't go on to Twitter during uh a Sunday night football game because it's just let's bash Chris Collinsworth. 
and I think Chris Collinsworth isn't even that bad. I love Collinsworth. I don't think he, I think he gives good insight, but he just doesn't have that thing that Romo has. Maybe that's that likability factor. Um, I mean, anyone from Boston can't stand Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck. That reminds me of you know the early two thousand Yankees winning World Series. That's you know anybody Tim, from Boston can't stand anybody that's not like from anybody. fucking Boston. They like I don't even know if they like themselves. They like Tom Brady and Bill Burr, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. They don't even like Belichick because he's just a dick. They just don't like him. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, Romo's doing a hell of a job. Fun to watch. I hope they kind of, I hope the networks go with this. I don't want to even call it a trend yet because it's one person. We never got to see how Cutler was going to be. Cutler's boring as shit. People don't like him. Cutler and, would not have been good. And that transfers over yeah. to the general public when you get to see him talk like that. I've heard him, I mean, we've heard plenty of interviews with him. He's just monotone, vanilla, boring. No good. Romo's out. He's playing golf. He's qualifying for the U.S. Open. He's you know dating he's celebrities. All over the place. Well, I guess Kristen Cavallari is kind of a celebrity. Jay Cutler's wife. But on Cutler, though, real quick, if you're a fantasy football guy, maybe Cutler's not pick up. Like he's not. You can't have him on your team. But if you have any of those receivers, i.e., like Jarvis Landry, Cutler loves throwing four yard passes. Yeah, that's all he does. I think it's Jarvis Landry had like 16 catches yesterday. He's taking a page. Something out of Brady's ridiculous book. like that. Yeah, I mean he's. Adam Gase is going to use him correctly, so there's there's some value in in uh, in some Jay Cutler world out there, and that's why I think this is week three is such a big week. Most almost every team will have their identity, whether it's good or bad. It's tough to go three weeks without finding one. Uh, we're going to know a lot. It's a big week in fantasy because just like these pro teams, you're going to kind of get your identity in fantasy as well, and you're going to have to either hit the waiver wire, throw out some trades. It's a it's a big week, and then like I said, this is a monster week in survival pools. My advice to all of you who are not in my pool is be conservative. Be careful. Use that New England pick this week. Use that Pittsburgh pick this week. Don't get fancy because it's not worth saving those phenomenal picks if you're eliminated. That's always been my strategy. I never do well on those things, but that's always my strategy. Uh, just survive. Don't get cute with it. Yeah. Your, your Mike Scavani theory of keeping it simple. Don't overthink it. Don't Mike Martz it. Yeah. But, man, it's just tough. The NFL is just such a weird animal. I mean, you it's just so mediocre, and there's so much parity that it's just hard to really pick. You know who's going to win, who's going to lose. But that being said, I read something uh, somewhere last night, maybe on Twitter, that said if the Packers had covered, Vegas would have got absolutely destroyed yesterday. Really? And I find that hard to believe. Yesterday was not terribly easy, but I guess a lot of favorites covered. I have to go back and look at that, but yeah, it was like if if the if, if Packers, I imagine the over killed them. Everybody had the over last night. Yeah, nobody's. That would seem like a no brainer. I was off. I had Green Bay. I thought they were going to go down because I hadn't bought into Atlanta, but now two and zero, I'm buying in. All right, it makes sense though. All right, Buccaneers, Buccaneers cover favorite. Steelers easy cover, big favorite. People love betting the Steelers. Kansas City, I'm sure a lot of people took them at home. They covered. Yeah, definitely a lot of favorites covered yesterday. Patriots. Anytime the Patriots cover and go over. Vegas has got to get squashed pretty badly. Every time what? Uh, the Patriots cover and go over. Oh, yeah. Because everybody's betting the Patriots in the over. Yeah, and looking at it now, there's definitely a lot of favorites they covered. And I'm sure a lot of people took Tennessee. I mean, that line went from a pick to minus one Tennessee, so the line was moving towards Tennessee. They win easy. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I should have won more money yesterday. Damn. <laughs> um, that's good you did well. You don't have to meet any bookies in the back alley of a Burger King. I mean, that's always the goal. Just yeah. not having to meet just, up. Just survive. Survive. You know, nobody knows. Anyone who thinks they're going to make a lot of money gambling is Liars. out of your fucking minds. I will be your bookie then, if that's the way you, th- you were thinking here. Um, 
Emmys were last night. Do you want to go Emmys or do you want to go baseball real quick? I want to talk about Clay Travis for a second. Okay. If that's possible. You a Clay Travis fan? Did, I am. You Have you been a Clay Travis fan for a while? Um. Yeah. Yeah. For a little while. He used to do some stuff for Cowherd. I've listened to Cowherd forever. He's very funny. Yeah. And he went on CNN Friday and said the word boobs. Mm-hmm. And people lost their fucking minds. Yeah. And it was just really, really funny. I know we have some like a lot of Southerners that listen to the show. Got buddies from Nashville, buddies that went to Ole Miss, buddies from all over. And Clay Travis is a Southern-based guy. I mean, he's an SEC guy. Um, Smart guy. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He's too, a lawyer. Yeah. You know, he's very, he's very quick-witted. He's very, very sharp. He's a little bit of like a instigator for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Croce already the ultimate bro. He calls yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Um, just interesting. I don't know. I don't even know how to tackle this. But like, he goes on CNN and he's talking to like some woman commentator and a guy from that used to be an editor for ESPN or something. And he, I guess they're doing the Jamel Hill thing, debating it, and he's taking the like side of ripping ESPN because that's what he does. And the other right. guy's defending Jamel Hill. And he said, "I believe in two things: the First Amendment and boobs." Yeah. And like, people lost their minds. I know. Like he said the most, like he backed Hitler or something. Like he, he just said he liked boobs. That's it. Yeah. Well, like, did, did you see it live? Did you were you following it? He was the number one trend on Twitter. It was so entertaining. It was incredible. I saw his interview the day or two before, which was on Fox News. So obviously, Fox News is going to back you know that conservative down south, anti left wing ESPN. What is going on? <laughs> Fumble. Um. Anti-ESPN sentiment. And I wondered, was he going to go on to CNN or one of these other kind of news networks? And he did. Um, I mean, this story's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Kurt Schilling is now relevant again because of this whole Jamel Hill thing. I've never been a big, big fan of her since day one. She had a shitty first impression with me. I've never liked her. I go to ESPN. I, I've said this before. When I turn on SportsCenter, I just want the highlights. When I got home from that SC game... Jen and Avery went to sleep. I turned on. I wanted SportsCenter. I wanted the highlights. I don't want your narrative. I don't give a shit what you think, whether it's Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, Scott Van Pelt. I don't give a shit. Just show the highlights. That's the brand you've built. You are the most famous network with the most famous program in the world. The Six is an absolute nightmare. And why they are not going away from this blows my mind. If something happens with the Cavs three, four, five years ago, you're probably going to say someone else. But who would you go check on Twitter to find out what was going on with LeBron? Yeah, I mean, I would just I would go to ESPN, whoever the the but lead go to Brian guys. Windhorst yeah, because he follows LeBron around like his shadow. There are certain people I go to. If something happens with the Knicks, I kind of want to hear what Stephen A. is going to say. I'm just kind of curious. I'm going to see what Michael Rappaport. There are certain people I give a shit about to do that stuff. I I care what Tony and Mike think on PTI. I don't give a shit what Michael Smith or Jamel Hill think. Just show me the highlights. Preview the game tonight, Giants Cowboys. I don't care what you think. Just preview the game. That's it. Well, I mean, all right. All right. If we're going to talk about the, I'll, I'll give my quick take on the ESPN thing. Um, I don't think, like, here's the thing. You've set a precedent. I, I think Kurt Schilling is an idiot. Mm-hmm. I think he's a retard. I think he says outlandishly ridiculous things. Um, and while I, you know, I don't agree, I think everybody has the right to say what they want to say. But that being said, ESPN has laid down the law that if you say anything political, you're either going to get fired or you're going to get suspended. Mm-hmm. So just be consistent. I don't think any like all the conversations I've had, which I've had a, a lot of them now about the, this whole the Jamel Hill thing, is that nobody is upset with what she said. Right. People are just upset that like the double standard. 
It's just like one person says something political, they get fired. She says something very political, and nothing happens. So it's just ESPN like ESPN had a half-ass. They didn't even apologize. Yeah, that's just. I think that's the biggest problem. People just want consistency. But now that being said, none of us own ESPN, so they're not our rules. They're ESPN's rules, so they can mm-hmm. go by any any letter of the law they want to. So if they, you know, we already know which which way they lean. They lean to the left, and that's fine, and that's just who they are. And you know, if you can muddle your way through so, like a lot of just like the the crap on that network lately, there's still a lot of good stuff. Like there's still a lot of good sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I still go to ESPN.com every day. I mean, it's still the number one place to go to yeah. like get any kind of sports information. So it, it's just, you know, it's it's not even news. It, who cares? People people love what we talk about all the time. People love blowing all this stuff out of the water. Jamel Hill, say whatever you want. Like, I, I'm a big fan of people being able to give their opinions. Uh, that's, that's the fun part. I actually like knowing people's opinions that I'm watching on a daily basis. It's fun to know how they think. And then as, as my own human adult with my own brain, I can then pick and choose what they say that I agree and disagree with. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the fun of it all. So, you know, I have no problem with what she said at all. I don't think, yeah, you're right. I don't think anybody does. But, I, but at the same time, I, you know, I don't have a problem with anything Kurt Schilling says or anything anybody else says. Linda Cohn says. Like, it's not up to me to, to judge what they have to say. They say it. Mm-hmm. I decide whether or not I agree or disagree with it, and then I move on with my life. As long as at the end of the day, I'm turning on ESPN and we're talking about sports predominantly. That's all. Just be consistent. ESPN's in a free fall right now, too. The ratings are dropping through the floor. Uh, subscriptions are down like $13 million this past year. Uh they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know. Their leadership doesn't know. To be honest, this Jamel Hill story for them, they're probably like, Ugh, forget about oh, it. We, 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 can't, we have bigger things to worry about than somebody saying they don't like our president. Not a big deal to the higher-ups at ESPN, I'm guessing. They need to figure out what the hell they're doing. That's the best thing that could have happened, though, for them. I mean, that's, that's free publicity. It's free publicity, but they can't yeah. handle that right now. Like, I, I agree with you. It's free publicity is still publicity. That's rule number one for PR people. But... ESPN doesn't can't even deal with that right now. I don't get it. You're right. I still go every morning. First thing I do, ESPN. See what the news is. See what the scores. I get the alerts every morning. You know, it's either a text from my idiot, you know, uh, East Coast friends who, after 13 years in LA, don't know there's a time change. Yeah. Still, and the ESPN stuff. Well, I mean, there's it, definitely like the old man rant that like a lot of people. If I'm talking to people of my my age demographic, like. We remember a time when, it, like, you turned on ESPN and it was like sports and comedy. It was basically like you you turned it on, you got a lot of sports, you laughed a little bit. Oberman and, and K- Craig Kilborn and Dan Patrick. Well, we don't live in those times anymore, and like it, we have to also understand that as guys in their forties and people in their thirties, we live in a different time where people have a lot of opinions about what's going on, whether they make sense or don't make sense. We're gonna hear them on Twitter, on Facebook, on MySpace, wherever the fuck it's going to be. Mm. And, you know, accept that that's the world we live in now and then just move forward. Like, we're not going to have something that's purely sports-based anymore because sports and politics have now transcended each other and intersected that everything is kind of just, like, ancestrally bonded together. So to to rant and, and like, spit into the wind and think that, you know, people are just going to, you know, regress back to the early 90s is just not going to happen. Which is why I had no problem with what she said, especially the fact that she said it on Twitter. She didn't say it on the air. Mm-hmm. It, ESPN is not her platform. She works right. for ESPN. Twitter is her platform. That's hers. She should be allowed to say whatever the fuck she wants. That's the thing is when I first saw this story, I said, wow, did she say that on the air? And then I said, oh, no, she said it on Twitter. Who gives yeah, a shit? Gives Who a cares? Shit. Twitter. Who gives a shit? People say crazy shit. That's part of That's what Twitter does. Twitter is for, I, I go down like hour-long wormholes on Twitter just oh, yeah. to read all the anger and all the hate and all the ridiculous <laughs> shit that people say. It's fantastic. 
the negativity on Twitter and the trolling is just it's entertaining. It's I mean I told you a little while ago Jen Jen follows I forget who the quarterback I think it was Matt Barkley, and he was at a wedding, and he took a picture with his girlfriend or his wife at the wedding. You know we all go to weddings all the time, and yeah. these people just oh dude get get on the field stop throwing balls you suck like dude why do you follow this guy then it's Matt Barkley too it's not like it's a monster it's a third string quarterback who could be out of the league like that, and these guys are oh you you know start throwing lefty you suck <laughs> like Jesus Christ what's wrong with these people? It's just yeah. It's fun. Like I think rational people understand, like the people that are like more in the middle, it can you know uh, absorb this stuff and understand it for what it is. Whether it's the Jamel Hill side or the Clay Travis side or whatever side, like you kind of fall in the middle and you see some truth on both sides, and like then you move forward. But like somebody saying the word boobs and it becoming becoming the number one trending, trending topic on Twitter is not easy to do why are these twitter people the is ones huge. controlling this now this dude said boobs and people went fucking ape shit and he brought up a good point which is i brought this point up many times in the show you talked about the the girl that brian kelly yelled at and the fact that she's a girl i don't think she should be treated any differently than anybody else right it's you know so clay travis can't say the word boobs because there's a woman interviewing him don't women want equality would you say that to a man you would like all we hear about is like equality 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 that means treating everybody equally right yeah well, why would I act differently towards a woman than I would a man if there's a quality? It's selective equality is what it is. So, you know, the fact that this woman on CNN had to write, she, you know, the next day she came out with like a 3,000-word dissertation about how offended she was that this guy said boobs. We live in a day of uh, Game of Thrones and fucking uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Come on, we're, we're desensitized. The word boobs is nothing anymore right. for all the stuff we see on TV and all the stuff we read on a daily basis. I don't want you to stop. I want you to keep going. No, that I, was great. Yeah, I mean, just the outrage is—it's the outrage is entertaining. But these are like, first of all, this lady has boobs, so everyone getting offended by this has the thing that Clay Travis said. Okay, he didn't say he liked her boobs, right? So he just like boobs. And who gives a shit if he did? It's okay to say uh, you have very nice eyes. You can't say you have very nice boobs. <laughs> we're, not, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that whole thing. But it's the uh, this is uh, this goes along, and we're gonna tie this back into sports somehow. It's. The unwritten rules of baseball, the losers get to set the precedent and make the rules for some reason. Okay? Why can't Jose Bautista flip his bat after winning a playoff series and he's got to worry about next time he faces whatever team that was, Texas, he's going to get plunked in the head. You just won the series. If you don't like it, don't let me hit that home run. Okay? If you don't like boobs, who gives a shit? He's the one being interviewed on TV right now. Yeah. He has the stuff to say. Ugh, I don't know. Uh, that's what, what are we you do? make like 15 great arguments and then you say boobs and all of a sudden everything you've said means, means absolutely nothing. 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 Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I just wanted to talk like about Clay tangent. Travis. I, I just think, I, again, it's another one. I don't agree with everything he says. I agree with some of what he says. And at the end of the day, I find him entertaining. Mm-hmm. I find and, him very entertaining. You know, we, we go through this life and we'd like to be entertained a little bit because it's so hard to find like nonpartisan entertainment anymore. It, it, everything has got to like skew one way or the other. Yeah, um, and he obviously skews a certain direction, but he's entertaining. Guy knows a shitload about football too. Yeah, smart guy, and he has got a good take in football. And I like, you know, he was on Cowherd every once in a while. I don't know why he's not anymore, really. But Cowherd has a great point. He says, if you're, let's take Alabama for example, it's a small little town. Okay, if you're one of the the beat reporters for Bama, you got to kiss Saban's ass, because if you don't, you're out. Yeah. Okay. You might even get fired, but you're not getting any access. You're not getting any info from anyone in Alabama. If Saban doesn't like you, forget about it. 
take it up to a, on a national level, totally different story. That girl might have been a brand new, the Brian Kelly girl might have been a brand new beat, you know, beat reporter for Notre Dame. Do they, I mean, does Indiana even have a newspaper? Does South Bend even? I don't <laughs> does, know. Does anybody have a newspaper? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, but so the bottom line is be true to yourself. And, you know, as long as you know you're doing a professional job and, you know, you do treat people with respect, it doesn't matter what side of the, of the coin you fall on. Right. You know what I mean? You have to respect that person. Now, people can make the argument Boobs was disrespectful and he was doing it for shock value and trying to be Howard Stern. I agree with all that. I totally do. Like, obviously, you go on CNN and you say boobs, you're trying to get a reaction. Mm -hmm. But here's the best part. You gave him one. He got exactly what he was looking for. So yeah. you're just as complicit in all of this as he is for starting it. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. It just means you're offended. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't does not mean you're right by any means. Um, Your boy Eric Kirby on the message board. Yeah. Talking about the fight. We can shift gears to the fight. Okay. If you want. Did you watch the fight? Um, I didn't. Had some action on the fight. Enjoyed the aftermath of the fight because boxing is shooting itself in the foot right now. Yeah, that was not a good look. For, for what a great fight it was. Mm -hmm. I, now, I didn't see it, but I was getting updates because I, I had a little money on uh, Triple G. Me too. Um, and a, a good buddy of mine listened to the show, Tom, you know, was updating me on every round. And, like, every text I got at work was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Best fight. And this guy's a boxer. He's like, best fight I've ever seen. Um, and then for it to end the way that it did with the 118-110 judge. Adelaide. Adelaide Fry, I believe yeah. his name was, her name was. Um yeah, just just a bummer. Teddy Atlas had a great response, and like he's Teddy, awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, you talk about a guy with zero fucks. Yeah, and who's been around the fight game his entire life. Like you could feel the emotion. That was real. Mm -hmm. And he was one hundred percent right. I mean, it's, it's a black eye for the fight. That's a that's a marquee fight. Mm -hmm. Mayweather McGregor is is a was a clown show. Yeah, this was two great fucking boxers boxing. Fighting to a to a to a draw. A lot of people thought Triple G, the live betting. I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw this. If you were live betting that boxing match, you you got Triple G at minus five hundred wow. for the last round. That's how skewed wow. the pros, the Vegas pros, the guys that we always believe in. Yeah, they thought it was over. And Vegas took a bath on this too. Yeah, they the did. draw. The yeah, si it was open to thirty to one. Went all the way down to sixteen to one. So Vegas just lost. They're destroying themselves we were i mean i couldn't see the game because sc went double overtime i wanted to get home to watch uh my neighbor had the fight the last three fights it was this one it was the mayweather mcgregor like you said it was a clown show and it was and the one before that was that one uh in australia that was a total disaster no the pacquiao fight it was pacquiao and what was the guy's name head the crocodile dundee i don't know where they, some they, australian guy they went up to him the umpire or the ref went up to him and said you you need to show me something this next round or else it's over. And it was a draw. Yeah. That, that, I, I won some money on that fight. I had the Australian guy. Or, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody realized this is what's been going on in boxing forever. Like, it's just so arbitrary. But now it's magnified because yeah. boxing is not – I don't want to say it's relevant. It hasn't been relevant for years. But it's it's it has a chance right now to There's make so a tiny little comeback. so few good fights that when you, ha when you do have a great one, you don't want this black cloud around it. It's like Roy, That's you, can, you can go all the way back to Roy Jones Jr. in the Olympics. I think it was in Seoul. Mm -hmm. Where he lost to a Korean fighter in the gold medal match, and he completely dominated this guy. Right. You know, so like anytime you put it up to judges, especially like judges that probably didn't box either. I mean, that's the other hard was part. Was it one eighteen to one ten? She had it. Yeah, and then it was like one fifteen, one thirteen for Triple G, and then the one fourteen, one fourteen was the draw. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's just there's just something wrong with that. Right. I, I don't really know how you fix it. Uh, 
you know, these people go through qualifying or not qualifying. They go through a lot of training. They have to, you know, I, I was reading an article about her and like the Nevada State Athletic Commission was like, she's gone through all the training, blah, 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 blah. Of course. But like, that's just really, really bad. And what's funny is as we're talking about this, everything comes down to gambling, especially in a sport like this. Uh, I just got an alert that PGA has just hired a company to monitor betting for the many irregularities that have been going on. And that's in the PGA. Okay, you're not going to yeah. get to these guys. You're not going to get to Sergio Garcia. These guys are multimillionaires. You and I play a lot of tennis. The gambling in tennis around the world right now and the conspiracies that are going on are huge. You're not going to get many of the stories over here, but you're not going to go to Roger Federer and say, I'm going to give you a million bucks if you fix this match. You go to the 300th guy in the world, yeah, okay, the guy who's barely got his head above water, yeah. say, I'll give you a hundred grand if you throw this ITF match that nobody's watching. Done. Now, look, I would bet on the Little League World Series if there was lines. Mm -hmm. So I understand why there's a market for this stuff. Yeah. But why is there a market for this stuff? Why is there a market for – I was looking at – hey, I clicked on it today. I was looking at the Marseille Open today. It's St. Petersburg Open. There's two ATP tour events going on. Just looking for some weird lines. Yeah. And I saw a couple. But then I'm like, what the – I have issues. Why am I even looking at this? You want some action. You, you just want a little action. I issues, but I have issues too. I know. Laurent Grill, good buddy of ours. Uh, oh, you don't know Laurent. Good buddy of mine. USC guy. Yeah. Just had a birthday out at the uh, USC tailgate on Saturday. Fight the fight the f on. Fight the fuck on. Yeah, dude, your mom's listening again. I, that's like the third profan. That's like the third bad word I've used all two hours. Yeah. Come on, I've been good. I've been good today. Um, what else? The last thing we were going to talk about. Oh, you were saying too. Um, the the game you were watching, the hoops game. What was it Serbia? Serbia versus Slovenia. It was one of those games for you where you didn't have any action on the game. You just watched it to enjoy it. It's nice to do that every once in a while. We, we talked on the way in. I, I did say that. I was saying that it was nice to turn something on that I did not have any rooting interest in whatsoever mm -hmm. and couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Yeah. These guys, now granted, anytime you're playing for your country, it's going to be a more just emotional, heartfelt kind of battle that you're waging. All right, The fans are going to be in a frenzy. The players are going to play really hard, but it was just like a pure version of sports that, like, we grew up watching when we were like 13 or 14 before we learned the the dark side of it all. Super entertaining game. Luka Doncic, who will probably be the number one pick in the draft last uh, next year, playing for Slovenia, 18 years old, 6'6 point guard. This kid is incredible, incredible. Goran Dragic, MVP of the Euro the Euro Championships. The Michael Jordan of Slovenia mm -hmm. dropped like 25 in the first half. He's still with the Heat? Still with the Heat. Obviously a very good NBA player. I think he was second team All-NBA like three or four years ago. The guy's a very good NBA player. On Slovenia, he's Michael Jordan. When he was healthy, he was a go-to for me on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, he's he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it is nice to do that every once in a while, not have any kind of rooting interest whatsoever and just enjoy the game. I always check the line though and say oh okay i would have been winning i would have been losing so it's tough to totally disconnect but I was, it's I was nice to it. do that i thought about it yeah slovenia was minus one and a half uh good friend marco serbian guy who knows all these guys marco 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 from Tripoli. um he was pissed because serbia is missing like their eight best players <laughs> and they still made the championship game that's how good fucking serbia is at basketball they just yeah. like get guys and they're all really good but yeah, I thought about betting Slovenia. One and a half. They rolled Spain, defending champs, by like 25. Um, they have a, an American on their team. Anthony, it's escaping my name, or escaping my uh, my brain right now. But they had an American guy on their team, which always like fascinates me. Like He doesn't speak the language. 
Like it's Slovenian. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really give his like a shit if they win or I guess, I guess he does, but it's got to be like a weird thing. You're surrounded by guys native to their country who this is all they've dreamed about growing up, like winning this like European championships. They're crying, losing their minds. Like, what's your connection with that? Like, just the paycheck? Probably. I, I mean, yeah, it's got to be an interesting experience. Yeah. But it happens all the time in, like, international bat in all, in all sports. Like, guys sports. get naturalized and play for other countries. But now he can't play for America ever again. That's tough. So he's kind of a traitor. That's tough. That's kind of – that's intense. Yeah. Intense. What was the last thing you watched on uh, TV that you had no money on, that you were glued to, that you were just really, like – and you had no rooting interest – but you were just like, man, this is awesome. Probably a tennis match at the U.S. Open, maybe this year. Okay. Actually, no. I was going to say the women's final, Madison Key, Sloan Stevens, but I definitely had money on that one. Did you win? Yeah. Nice. Um, I don't know. I, d- I need to go back and think. Yeah, it doesn't happen often anymore. That's the it sad part about it. Because every day I throw a couple bucks on the Yankees, minus one and a half, Dodgers, one and a half. You know? Luckily, I, I hit a little bit of a lull and stopped doing that when the Dodgers went on that epic uh, tear of losing. But, um, yeah, I can't, I got to think. Probably a baseball game, maybe, I don't know. Maybe one of those late games that I have zero interest in. But if it's football, I'm going to throw some the live money on it. Bavada's very good about the live bets. Anybody on the message board, if you watch the sport in the last like five or six months, you had no money on that you didn't have a rooting interest in, let us know. You know, something that popped up. It could be something silly. That's the best part about it. Like, yeah. I would never have known. Bee. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, this is, re- I'm, this is really cool. I'm just yeah. really into this. I'm enjoying it. It's just you like, watch hit, it differently. Hits the nerve at like the right spot. It could be like you have nothing to do that day. I don't know. Everything kind of has to line up perfectly for it to happen. But that happened for me yesterday watching that basketball game. It was a lot of fun. Um, before we forget right now, make your prediction for tonight. Giants-Lions. Giants, lock of the century. Um, <laughs> got a lot of texts last week from people that uh, said I escaped because I said last week uh, two guaranteed winners. I got a win and a push last week, so I'm going to go back to the well. Home favorite, minus three. Line's not high enough. Line should be like six. Take the Giants all day and take the free money. You? Yeah, I got I to go Giants under. I hate betting unders. It's low. It's at 42. That Giants defense will slow down Stafford, and the Giants offense is awful. Whether Odell plays or not, Brandon Marshall has shown that he shouldn't be in this league anymore. Uh, who's their third? Shepard? Sterling Shepard. Very where, solid. He's a solid receiver. Where has receiver. he been? they got to go to him more. Well, um, I, but like we said, I think everything just like corrects itself this week. So we yeah. will find out if the Giants are, are good or bad or indifferent. But – you know, week one, you didn't know Odell was going to play or not. I think this week, whether he plays or doesn't play, they're going to be a lot better prepared for it. Yeah. I think they were probably preparing as if he was going to play last week. And, they, you know, now you're going into this week, you're like, all right, cool. We know Paul Perkins sucks, so we're not going to waste our time with Paul Perkins. We're going to, like, Shane Vereen, probably going to get a lot of snaps. Giants just be way better prepared tonight than they were last week. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick, quick hit on baseball, then we're going to have our uh, Hollywood showdown. Um... Kershaw going up against your Phillies tonight. Phenomenal story with the Phillies going on right now that is not getting nearly enough national attention. Yeah, Reese Hoskins called this guy up. This guy's hitting home run after home run. Uh, We kind of teased it earlier in the show. I mean, uh, Dodgers minus 290 tonight? Is that what we saw? Yeah, we did. And there's a reason why. Kershaw. Kershaw's going, but it's not just Kershaw. How many innings do you think have passed since the last time the Phillies have scored on Kershaw? Oh, 
You're going to throw a good stat at me. I like this. I'm going to guess uh, 24 innings. Close. 27. 27 innings. Yeah. Wow. So it's three full games. So he's got their number. He does. He's got how, their number. How many of those games have been uh, in Dodger Stadium? How many of them have been in Philadelphia would that, be my question. I don't know. Because Philadelphia is a hitter's ballpark. Uh, balls are flying out of the yard. It's still it's early, well, mid-September now. So it's still kind of warm. There's still a little bit of humidity. This time of year, there's always a lot of pop flies that just somehow sneak over the left field fence. Phillies are kind of feeling good. We see this happen a lot in baseball where a young guy gets called up, breathes life into a lot of guys that just gave up yeah. by mid-August when they're 27 games out of first place. And now guys are like, fuck it, let's finish strong. Let's run through the finish line. I think the Phillies are that kind of team right now. Thanks okay. to thanks to Hoskins. Um, it's a great story for you guys. You guys are two games up on the worst record in baseball, and that's the Giants. You got two classic teams, the Phillies and the Giants, just battling for that first pick next year. Who is going to be? We saw him a couple weeks ago, and I can't remember his name right now. But we're going to know the number one pick, mm-hmm. uh, and he might be going to your Phillies. It's a, it's an exciting story. I mean, I got excited for the Aaron Judge for the first half, and then there was a little bit of a lull, especially from Judge, those first month and a half after the All-Star break. And this is kind of a fun story to follow. This kid's getting called up and just crushing it. It's fun on a, on a team that, to be honest, nobody gives a shit about now. Yeah, I, I like the 290, though. I like the minus 290. I, I would take what well, Phillies are probably plus 250, 245, somewhere in that ballpark. You're getting great value. You're over 2-1 to one for your money. 275. Yeah, 275. Almost 3-1. to one. Phillies, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Dodgers are struggling. I- I'm always going to bet against a struggling team. It's the same reason you bet on the Indians when they win all these games because baseball is such a sport of momentum. Yeah, We see it all the time this time of year. Who's going in the tank? Who's not going in the tank? And it kind of just like resonates for like two or three weeks. And the Dodgers, while sort of breaking out of their funk, are still in a funk. Mm-hmm. And it is September, and Kershaw is not the greatest September pitcher of all time on the road in a hitter's ballpark. I'll take the 3-1 to one all day. Another stat I'm going to throw out at you when you asked this in the beginning of the show. I finally found it. Your boy, Matthew Stafford, primetime starts. He's had 14 of them. Okay. Take a guess what his record is. Uh, I said earlier he would, he's probably shitty. Now, these are Thanksgiving games, too. Is that primetime, or is this that counts? I, I would think so. You would think yeah. so, right? Uh, I'll say he is 6-8. and eight. Three and eleven. Three and eleven. I was being nice. <laughs> God, load up on the Giants. Three tonight. and eleven. Love that. Free, stat. free money for uh, the upcoming holiday season. But this is that, and I hate to say that Eli has a mystique, but this is that mystique of Eli. Is you really think he's going to lose? At, like as much as people wanted him out last week after that Cowboys loss or loss to the Cowboys, do you really think he's got Eli's going to lose at home to a lesser team on Monday night? No. Come on. Not going to happen. Come on. Love, love, love the Giants tonight. I'm liking the Giants more and more. I'm gonna go. I gotta go to my account right now. Put a little bit more in there. I just don't know why it's like these minus three. These teams at home. I guess that you know we've seen stats over the last couple of years where like does home. You see articles. Does home field really matter in professional sports or football or basketball? I don't know. I would need to look at the numbers. We probably have this perception that it really does matter. But if we looked at numbers, we'd probably be shocked at how fifty-fifty it is. Oh, of course. You know, you look at we we didn't talk about San Diego when we talked about the Charger game. Exactly what happened? Exactly what we said would happen happened to them this week. It was all Dolphin it was fans, Mi- all Miami, all Dolphin all Miami. fans, and and that's Dolphin fans. They're not even real football fans. Wait yeah. till they get like a real fan base. Wait till the Eagles come to town. Wait right. till you know a, the Chiefs come to town. That that whole stadium is going to be no, green you, or red you or went whatever. With the Chiefs, huh? Well, Chief fans are 
I would have gone with like the Pats, maybe. I don't know. I'm sure they're not playing the Pats this year. Oh, they might be. Pats might be out here. That I mean, that'll be bananas at that game. Yeah. With the amount of Boston out here, that's unbelievable. Um, I, being at the SC game, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was sitting down very close to the field. I couldn't believe how loud it was. That if you're if you're the Texas quarterback or any quarterback, just trying to audible or call a play at the line, they were going with a silent count. And this was their hike call. They snapped, they clapped three times. That was it. And they didn't get flagged for anything. I think maybe they had one false star penalty. But that was it. They had to clap because that's the only thing that could crack that noise. Sounding good coaching. It's good to see a well-coached team. You know, and that's what happens. Like, if you're not a great football team and you go on the road in a tough environment yeah. and you don't make a shitload of mistakes, mm-hmm. good things are going to happen. Yeah. And they, and they kind of proved that, which was nice to see. I mean, it's – oh, sorry, our kids. Making sure the stream was still up, getting some text that the stream was down. Yeah, people, I've been people, having a tough time with the stream. People trying to make some comments. Um, all right, so last segment of the day. we got a few minutes left, and this is a great idea by you. I think we should do something like this almost every week or at least have something like this ready to go. Um, do you want to introduce it? Well, no, I mean, we're just talking about you know actors. We always like talking about movies and TV shows, and you're a big Mark Wahlberg guy. Oh, I am. That's one of your guys. Okay. Um, I'm a big (laughs) Matt Damon guy. Okay. Uh, I watched a lot of Tom Cruise movies this weekend uh, in my spare time, which got us talking about movie actors and how great they are. And you said, well, Tom Cruise is easy because Tom Cruise is great. We could do like a Cruise versus Hanks down the road somewhere. Yeah, two heavyweights. Denzel, something. But you said one of your guys was Wahlberg, and his IMDb is very underrated. Yes. So I said, all right, well, let's pit him up against somebody, maybe somebody a little bigger, maybe somebody a little more respected. Okay. That would be Matt Damon, a very respected actor, as he should be. Matt Damon's fantastic. Okay. I'll let you take the Wahlberg side. I'll take the Damon side. Okay. Pick, you get to pick five movies. I'm coming up with these rules on the fly. For okay. his five best movies versus Damon's five best movies, who wins? Okay, well, there's already a flaw in your system. Shockingly. Okay. Shockingly. You just started. What I was going to do is I'm on IMDb Pro, and I'm looking. No, it's not fair. What? You're an actor. You got like special IMDb. I got, I got like IMDb. the regular regular person IMDb. <laughs> so Wahlberg nominated for two Oscars. Okay. Damon won. Damon's is going to get X'd out because it wasn't as a performer. It was as a writer for Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Um, so right away, that's a huge step in the it's a check mark for Wahlberg. Okay. He got nominated for The Fighter with Christian Bale. Okay. And then this one, as much as I absolutely love this movie. I don't know how the hell he got nominated for this. I remember I think I caused a stink in my own house when this happened back then. But he got nominated for The Departed. He was yeah. playing himself in The Departed. He was playing an angry Boston guy in The Departed. That's it. I don't know why he got nominated for that. So that's going to X out for him. Looking at the top three pictures that they're known for, for Wahlberg, you got Boogie Nights, you got The Fighter, you got Lone Survivor. Okay? All right. We're going to put that up against Matt Damon, The Born Identity, Saving Private Ryan, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, but he really wasn't in Saving Private Ryan, even though it was about him. It wasn't necessarily. He was the title character. He was, but like it's like uh, when your I'm girl. Try- oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm trying to back your point up. He wins. He wins on that. On those three, three against three. All right. I, I mean, he's he's done better movies than uh, than those movies, though. I agree, but those are what he's known for. Uh, I guess in the number of searches and all that stuff that comes up for both of those actors. Okay. Okay, so Fair. I'm giving that one to your boy. Oh, the Oceans movie. I mean, for me, it starts with the Oceans movies. Okay, I thought I, I love the Oceans movies. You can't yes. make enough of those things. I agree. Um, classics. Classics. Okay, 
I love thinking of certain movies that you take certain people out of. You can take Damon out of that movie and put in Wahlberg, and it might be the same movie. You take Clooney out of that, it's a different story. Okay? Well, I think Wahlberg was actually offered that spot. He was. Yeah. Why he turned it down, I don't know. He was doing the Italian job. Great movie. Great movie. One of those movies, we talked about this the other night, not the other night, the other week, uh, one of those movies, every time it's on, boom, I'm watching it. Locked in. The Brazilian job was supposed to be a sequel to the Italian job, has been in production for the last 10 years, they just cannot get this movie made. That was on Cinemax the other night at like 1 in the morning. The, the Italian job? No, the Brazilian job. Oh, the original? No, it was just like the, the, porn, oh, the, <laughs> the porn version, the softcore porn version. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to take out all the producing and writing stuff out because Wahlberg, I feel like, produces every single show on television right now. Yeah. Okay? I'm going to go on a quick little rant, too, about the Emmys. He's been nominated for Emmys for Wahlburgers. For, and this is why I hate the Emmys. It's a, it's a participation trophy. It used to mean something when you said Emmy-nominated actor Jay Devlin. Now, if you don't have that in front of you, it's like embarrassing, I feel like. Like, I'm a little embarrassed that I haven't been nominated for an Emmy, okay? They was nominated for Best Unscripted Reality TV Show. It's a great show. Why is that a category? And why do they have to say unscripted? Is it reality become that big of a juggernaut that there's scripted and unscripted reality TV? The fact that a reality TV show gets an Emmy is an embarrassment for this town. Yeah. That's it. That's I, I agree. For, for I mean, the other actors, would you even show up? To the Emmys, if you, I mean, I guess you would, because you're like, fuck, I'll never get to go yeah, to the Emmys right, again. Yeah, of course. You know, like Tom Colicchio, well, Top Chef was nominated. That's embarrassing. It's a, a show <laughs> about cooking. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's you not, know, it's not even close to the same thing. You know what I did last night? The same effing thing as Top Chef. I cooked. That was it. You probably did the same. Oh, you probably ordered out. But the oh, person you man. ordered out from had to cook. I got Chipotle on Postmates. And that guy doesn't have an Emmy. How do you order fucking chips and queso and they forget the chips? That's 50% of what you ordered. How do you forget fifty percent of like of, of like a combination meal? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side of this. Sorry. I'm gonna say that guy said f this Devlin guy. He really making me walk all the way to his house for chips and salsa. Well, I got a burrito and some tacos too. Oh, okay, but like it's called chips and queso. Get the chips right. Sorry, that's a little. Okay. I was annoyed. I, I did two deliveries yesterday. Both were fucked up. That means I, I feel like this happens to you like it all does. the time. And then I gotta write emails to people. I gotta complain. I gotta get refunds. You know me. I don't want to do any of that crap, man. Yeah. Very, very disappointing. Anyway. Sorry, we're getting we're all over the place. All over. <laughs> so I'm going to take you through Wahlberg real quick. Yeah, Wahlberg starts out small role in Basketball Diaries. Very underrated movie, I think. Okay, DiCaprio phenomenal in that movie. Great movie. Based on the guy who I play basketball at his house every Saturday. Is that right? I didn't yeah. know that. Bob, that's based okay. on his life. Bob, yeah. you guys know Bob now. Uh, had his first leading role in Fear. That was a good movie. Reese Witherspoon. That's young, one of those hot. Like, Alyssa Milano, <laughs> young hot. That's one of those bad movies that you're like, yeah, it's still a pretty good movie. Then he really, then he really comes into his own. Arguably his best movie, Dirk Diggler and Boogie Nights. Another one of those that every time it's on, I watch it. Um, Three Kings. Could have been better. Could have been, could have been a lot better. When you got Wahlberg, you got Ice Cube, and you got Clooney, I, I need a little more out of you. Yeah, I, I and just Spike Jones is hilarious. In a that little movie. disappointing. And then he doubled down with Clooney and did The Perfect Storm. Okay, that was, I feel like that's lost a lot of, you know, 17 years later, lost a lot of its cachet, but that was such a monster movie in 2000. Do you dock him points because he's always playing a guy from Boston? But no, obviously not, because the Academy nominates him for The Departed. They were probably like, dude, enough with the Boston thing. We'll get you nominated for playing an angry Boston guy. Shocking that you didn't go to the Lee Strasberg Theater for that one. 
Some Meisner. Me? Are you a Meisner? Do you follow Meisner? Of course. That's your your uh, your theory of acting. All right, keep going. And then he's got a couple of Planet of the Apes. Apparently, is a big one. I have zero interest in any of that stuff. I like that, that movie. Made that made one hundred eighty million dollars. Shout out to Michael Clark Duncan. And second week in a go in a row. Rest in peace. One of our favorites. He when he was in Rockstar. That's a classic. Top a five movie. underrated movie of all time. Rockstar. Yeah. And then we got Italian Job. We got Four Brothers. You got Invincible. That's a big one for you, Vince yeah. Papali. Yeah. Um, Departed, where he got an Oscar. Shooter, one of your or got nominated for an Oscar. Sorry, Shooter, Shoot. one of your favorites. Shooter's amazing. Um, I'm getting interrupted by all these because he performed Good Vibrations in like Blades of Glory and all this stuff. And then a couple. He did Max Payne, The Lovely Bones. He did Date Night. He was in The Other Guys. I think he was kind of funny in that. He was hysterical in The Other Guys. The Fighter. Got nominated for an Oscar for that one. Uh, Ted. And we'll put Ted 2 in there, too. That was kind of a big one. That was funny. Yeah. That was, that was funny. Um, getting down towards the end. Daddy's Home? I mean, I cannot. I haven't been more excited for a movie unless another National Treasure came out than Daddy's Home 2. Daddy's Home 2 is going to be incredible. Daddy's Home was funny. Okay. Um, Transformers. He's been in the last couple Transformers. Age of Extinction. Yeah. And then, obviously, he was in Patriot's Day. He's done a lot of good stuff. I think he's a little bit underrated. I lean to your side in this argument, just so you know. I okay. love Wahlberg. I think he's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And his movies are invariably more watchable than Matt Damon's art house picks. Yeah. All right. Matt Damon is, is very funny. Uh, I'm a huge fan. School Ties wrote me in. Mm -hmm. Huge fan of that movie. Like, really good. If you've never seen School Ties, go back and watch that. Uh, as I scroll through, like, you know, then he, then he has, like, his uh, After Goodwill Hunting, those years, like Dogma. I like that he still like did some some Jay Smith stuff. Is that the guy's name, Jay Smith? Mm -hmm. uh, very good. And then this here's the Trump one. Here's this the Trump a big one. Rounders. I know what you're gonna say like, yeah. Rounders just wins. Rounders wins any argument. Yeah. Rounders is just fucking fantastic, mm -hmm. phenomenal. Uh, they need a sequel. Apparently, it's coming out. I don't know. Uh, Ocean's movies, great. But then there's a lot of drag, man. Like Confessions yeah. of a Beautiful Mind. Uh, loved him in Euro Trip. Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. When he plays like the punk yeah. guy, sings the Scotty doesn't know song. Very funny. You know, the Brothers Grimm, you know, rest in peace, uh, the Joker guy. The yeah. Joker guy. You know, The Party was fine. The Good Shepherd was fine. Just a lot of fine. The Bourne movies, and I don't really care for these movies. I think they're pretty boring, to be honest. But that's a big one for me, for him. Yeah, the Bourne because movies are great. Because you take him out of that. You put in Jeremy Renner, who people like, I guess, I don't know why. You put him in that, and people say, no, 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 no. Give me Bourne back. And I watched The Last Bourne, and I, to be honest, I was really bored for that movie. That's that the movie. thing. I think I like Damon better as an action star than I like him in anything else. It's either right. got to be extreme comedy or action. Mm -hmm. When he does like, you know, the Monuments Men or We Bought a Zoo, things like that, like I'm just right. out. I'm out. The Great Wall, like one of the biggest bombs in the last like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Didn't like, even make like 20% of its budget. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, I, from scoring this fight, I think, you know, you won in like a third round TKL. Mark Wahlberg wow. wins the battle between Wahlberg and Matt Damon. I, I don't even think it's close either. Interesting. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to start to do this a little bit. I know we just kind of read through everybody's just IMDb pages. Um, we're going to finish this next week. We're going to kind of wrap this up because we want to get a little more in-depth, and there's something going on with the live stream right now. So we haven't been able to hear your comments. I know you guys are probably just throwing out rounders and Ocean's 12 and all that stuff. But we want to do this uh, a little bit more. We just thought of this probably five minutes before the show uh, started. We got blocked again. That's what happened. Get out of here, really? For what? Because um, of the fight, the, I, the Alvarez, Triple G. Yep. 
Is that did I do it? Yeah, that's what did it. Wow. So we can't talk boxing anymore on the show. It, like the Has minute, this, the so minute, we can, yeah. We can do this again. We can do the Wahlberg because nobody heard it. That's kind of funny. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna figure out what's going on with our stream with this boxing thing. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. Let us know some of the matchups you want to hear, whether it's like Cruz against Hanks or like Clooney Denzel, any of this stuff. We want to have these battles. Um, it's kind of fun to talk about, and we just read through everything. We didn't even really get into anything. But we're going to be doing this. Let us know on Twitter at Mostly Sport, on the Facebook page at Mostly Sports. Let us know what matchups you want to see. Let us know if you have anything, any issues about anything we said today, what you think about Clay Travis, Jamel Hill, all that stuff. Let us know. No, keep going. I was going to say, back on the dispute, uh, the blockage, we talked about 35 seconds of video that belongs to Golden Boy Boxing. Uh, Is what? 35 seconds. Hey, Oscar De La Hoya, fuck off. They're quick, man. Holy shit. Like what? We just talked about boxing. That's the second time we've talked about boxing and got blocked. Apparently we're not allowed to. Never again. Yeah, boxing, you're done. You are not helping your case at all. Dead to me. And that's it. Let us know what you think at Mostly Sport, and we will be back next week, same time. Shows that make you laugh. Shows that make you think. Music that moves you. It can only be one place. Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.